0: Raging Cajun Nation to stand up with us stand up with us Let's lock hand in hand, and let's walk through the gates of Omaha hey, I love y'all boys. Let's
1: grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Yeah, Alarm! Alar! Ready!
2: Who's your team ready? Who's your team ready? That's us I
3: got one thing to say right here. Cajuns win! Man!
0: Elsewhere there in Coral Gables, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns and head coach Matt Deggs get in. They won four
3: games in the Sunbelt Tournament, including a pair against Coastal Carolina. They can steal some bases as well, nearly 160 on the season and they will face the texas longhorns no school has made more
2: tournaments than texas this is number 62 the six-time national champs dylan campbell peyton powell and company looking to get through this region yeah, and the canes were that team you thought maybe would sneak into the top eight one out they would match up Potentially.
3: Hey, welcome everybody! Raging Review Podcast back in business, back, back at you on the on the day after the first uh, reaction pod from the uh, from the Sun Belt Conference tournament. The Cajuns live to fight another day. Headed to Miami, Coral Gables Regional. Miami got the number nine overall seed. Uh, we will be seeing the Texas Longhorns. We will be seeing a team from Maine, who's very interesting. After we got to know them a little bit, and um, also, you know. It's, it's just a, it's a very fascinating regional uh, based on how the uh, teams match up against each other, and, and we'll get into all that as we go along here. First of all, we're going to talk about our reaction to the reaction, because the reaction from the team was awesome, and uh, you love those moments towards the end of the season and postseason starts. It's like, you know, you watch these guys grow up on the field for three and four months, and then you see them have the elation of going to the postseason. It's, it's a lot of fun. Jerry and Nick, welcome to the show. Glad we could do this. Got, glad we could get together. Want To wish everybody out there who, who gave the ultimate sacrifice uh, a kudos and a thank you for doing that, and uh, happy to be here, happy to be playing baseball into June, happy
4: to be in a country that allows us
3: to do that kind of thing. And people
4: died for that, right? So, um, yes, agreed. Thank you to all those who served and gave their life for our country. Bienvenidos a Miami B. Come on, man, let's go. <laughs> I, uh, when I heard When I heard that the I mean, it was weird because I was not expecting that early in the show to get our name called. I was, of course, I think like everybody else was waiting for LSU. Um, Maybe Arkansas could have been a possibility. Tuscaloosa. I think Tuscaloosa, they were off the board first because I thought I remember seeing Troy. So. Kind of unexpected, but glad it happened early because man, I was nervous. I don't know about you guys, but I was pacing. I couldn't sit down. I was like, should I get a beer now? I know it's only 11. I got stuff going on this afternoon, but I need to calm my nerves. So uh, glad we got that out the way. But man, when you see your name, and I've been doing, look, I've been since I was a student, God, in 1997 was my freshman year. Like you go through this so many times, you think by now, You'd be like, okay, well, if we don't make it, good job, nah, man, never wears out. That passion never wears out. So that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun seeing your name there. Kudos to Southern Miss, man. Their fans and their program. When they when our name was called, we saw, you know, several people tweeting about how their team and their fans congratulated us, made some noise out at uh, at mug in in Hattiesburg. So, um, dude, just just overall a great day, a lot
5: of fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll third that. I I'll, I'll add three to uh thanking our um or I'm just, just thank you but honoring those veterans who served and sacrificed their lives and put their lives on the line for that American flag and uh you know, put every put put just put their lives in the front lines to defend Us being able to do stuff like this, enjoy baseball, do fun things that other countries don't get that privilege of doing. So uh, to those who serve, to those who sacrifice their lives, for those who for the fallen, uh, you are our true heroes. So thank you. Um, With that being said, we're in. We're in. Uh, The last 24 hours, it's been hectic. There's been a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. Uh, We've been here before where we've been picked, even though our resume looks good enough, we've been picked by, say, a bigger brand. And- you know, the, kudos to the committee—they got it right. Not only were we not the last team in, we were the second-to-last team in, which means that we were even more worthy than a, what a lot of our fans, as well as I, thought we were uh, going into going into selection Monday. So, um, told you, just like just like you two, told you, um, told you—you you wouldn't listen. Nobody wanted to listen to me. I'm oh, like, totally. we're on, guys, we good. Look, let me tell you, my cousin played on that 2006 team. He was a senior. And um, I remember, yes, our RPI was a little bit lower, but I still thought we had a good enough resume to get in as an at-large. And we didn't, you know, we we didn't make it. So um, it's good to not have to deal with that deja vu. This is our first at-large bid since 2013. So in a decade, uh, even though in 2014 and 2016, we were good enough to get at large and at large, but we won the tournament. It's good when you get that type of respect, we could say what we want about this year, the ups, the downs, the positives, the negatives. And yet the committee still selected us worthy of being in that top 64 spot. So that's respect to the program, respect to what these guys accomplished. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, what, first of all, We have a bunch of these uh, so-called experts. Some of them picked us in, some of them didn't. But I noticed in every single one of these predictions going into this regional, the biggest debate and the biggest topic was whether or not does Louisiana belong. Every single one, if you go on Twitter, social media, it was always, it's down to Louisiana or somebody else. And we're debating whether or not, and having screaming contests on whether or not the Cajuns deserve to get in. Some said we didn't, some say we did. And yet- we were able to get in when I saw that um, when I saw Maryland go, I believe Maryland is going to Winston Salem, if I'm not mistaken, the Wake Forest regional. Well, I think it was D one baseball that had them going to Baton Rouge, basically taking our spot. Um, And we were the first team out in their projection. Um, When I saw them go to Winston Salem, I felt very good. And uh, kudos to one of our fans on the raging Cajun faith, baseball fan uh, fan page he said that a little birdie told me that uh we're in and we may be going somewhere that may surprise some people and then another fan who I would say is in the know said yes that is true as well as Nichols going to Alabama right after he says that Maryland goes to Winston-Salem and Nichols goes to Alabama so I'm like wait a minute is this trend Cup following in our favor. And right when that happened, they announced the Coral Gable. Rush my my brother is a coach and didn't know. Where are these people getting their information? Unbelievable. And 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 (laughs) I'm not gonna lie, when I saw Louisiana come up that quickly, uh First of all, my daughter was taking a nap. So I'm literally sitting there in front of the TV, like nervous. And I'm, I almost had to scream into the pillow to not make noise and wake her up because I'm just number one, I was in shock. And number two, I was ecstatic like everybody else. And of course, all of our phones started blowing up and we were getting the congratulations. And here we go. We're going to Miami and blah, blah, blah. But again, kudos to this team you earned it and look it's a brand new season it's fair game doesn't matter how good the teams are doesn't matter where you stand if you're seated or not or whatever or how good you're seated or how bad you're seated whatever it is a brand new season and starting friday the road to omaha begins uh, we 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 along with 63 other teams have that shot to go up north to nebraska so um man this is awesome it's so good to hang out with you guys and talk more baseball i, I don't know i, I just I, i'm ecstatic right now this is amazing
3: Yeah, I agree. I I thought about Robe uh, after everything was over, and he would say, you know, either Memorial Day is a good day or a bad day for us because if we don't get selected, obviously it's a bad day. So we're still playing baseball. It's a great Memorial Day, and kind of to that point, you know, we talk about we do it a little bit differently than a lot of the media, traditional media around here. We'll come on here and we'll praise the team, and we fan out, and that's that's what we do. That's our jobs. But uh, we also aren't scared to have the conversations of where we need to improve. You know what our true opinion is of maybe the coaching staff or the type of recruits or whatever. What do you say about Deggs in year four? Four, This is his third full year, right? Yeah. Think about the health of the program at this point in the Deggs tenure. Now, of course I infamously give him a hard time because of the way he handles pitching in the lineup and it drives me nuts still. However, we just got selected as an at large team in the Sunbelt conference, which is a whole other thing. And I have it on the rundown. We're going to get into the Sunbelt getting four, um, selections, and then we'll talk about the health of the league. But you got to look at the program and the fact that we were able to pretty much change our fate in a tournament over the course of four days. That's huge. Uh, again, it says a lot about the league, but it says a lot about where Raging Cajun Baseball is right now. And I have written down on the on the rundown. You know, is it sweeter to make an at large appearance? And I would say, in in a lot of ways, yeah, you don't get to hoist the trophy, and you want to win the the conference tournament. But at the same time. If you're good enough to be selected, uh, you know, what is there? There's 32 non-AQ bids, right? So we were good enough to be selected as one of those. I think our RPI ending RPI was 47. We got in ahead of Troy, who had an RPI of 38, and beat us. I says a lot about what the committee and the pundits and, and the experts think about Cajun baseball. So I thought that was something worth noting and something we could talk about just for a second before we keep going. You got to look at it. It's kind of like the girls going and, and winning that Baton Rouge regional. You know, they proved that the the, the committee got the, got it wrong. They proved that they deserved their regional at home by going out and getting results. Matt Deggs proved, and regardless of how we got in, this is 2 postseasons in a row. This is two opportunities for the road to Omaha in a row. You know, we always say we expect to make regionals. Well, two years in a row, that's what we're doing.
4: When's the last time we did that? I mean, it's been a while, right? They're, uh, 15, oh, wow. 15,
3: 16, 15, is the 15
5: and 16. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 13 through 16 consecutively. 14 seven through years. 16. Yeah. So
4: it's been a really long time. And, and look, you, it's like I said, when we had the reaction pod after, um, after the tournament, it, you dags is dags. He is who he is and he is going to continue to drive us nuts sometimes because I mean, perfect example, you got, you, you got a base hit to left field. You send a guy, you know, if, for some reason before he even reaches third base, you're sending him home and you're like, what are you doing? But that's what you're going to get. And he's going to drive you crazy. And he drove Sam Houston. Yeah. And he drove Sam Houston crazy. Right. But the results are there. And I think, yes, when you're a, an at large team, I would say it's more satisfying because I've been on both sides of the coin where an at-large bid for you isn't great. Like you backed into that rather than hosting um, or rather than being a higher seed somewhere, you backed into it and you were an at-large and that wasn't quite as satisfying. But when you're on the bubble and you question based on past experiences whether or not you'll get in because there has always been that bias against us, um, but you, the committee seems knowledgeable. I mean, you got JRTs on there. I guarantee you that guy was looking at every single team, looking deep into the schedule, looking into the RPI. So when you've got people who are knowledgeable about the sport, it's, it, it, it is a tip of the cap and it is satisfying. And I think it is a little more satisfying than when the conference tournament because like you said, in this scenario, we didn't back our way into it. We backed our way, not out of it, excuse me. We didn't back our way out of something. We backed our way into it. And we did it based on merit on what we did in the conference tournament. You got to remember Saturday morning, we're all looking at each other going, man, it's been a great tournament. Hope we pull one off. So it is satisfying in that aspect. Not always, but in this case, 100,000 percent. Yes, I agree.
3: Jerry, before you go, I'm going to give a juxtaposition here. The greatest team ever assembled uh, across the basin over there backed into a fifth national seat. That that's they really did. I mean, they cratered down the stretch even and they're Stevens lucky to even be day. a
4: national seed at this point.
3: I, well, they had some pundits saying that they were playing their way out of them uh, out of the national uh, seed. So, you know, they backed into a fifth seed, but that's a whole conversation for another podcast.
5: Yeah, I mean, at this point, again, it goes back to the respect that we have as a brand. Um in college baseball, when you're picked as an at-large, in spite of, you know, we talk about the losses. Well, if we wouldn't have got swept to JMU and wouldn't have lost the series to App State and wouldn't have lost to Troy and wouldn't have lost the midweek to this team or that team. And again, in spite of all of that, your resume was good enough to get you in as the, the 63rd team. Um, that just goes to show you the overall line of work was overly impressive for this committee to look at us. Because look, we were picked over Kansas State. We were picked over Arizona state. We were picked over Notre Dame. We were picked over UC Irvine. We were picked over some teams that have brands, their they're brand names. And so again, it's respect to our program. It's respect to what we accomplished this year and to be able to come in this weekend and come out of the losers bracket against um, Texas state. Cause let's, let's look at the resume in the last couple of weeks. Okay. You have Five wins against Texas State, a team that we basically, I mean, we kind of single-handedly kicked them out of an at-large, and we basically ended their season with that five-game win streak, okay? They were a, a quad one team going into that last home series, and they were number two in the conference. We basically kicked them out of both Contention for the conference and postseason contention. Okay. Then you go to Southern Miss, and yes, you take only one out of two, but that one win is against quad one competition on the road. You know, and this is a Southern Miss team where we could debate whether or not they deserve to host. They were on the cusp of hosting. Then you take, you go two for two against Coastal while you're in the loser's bracket, a team that was basically vying for a national seat at one point, possibly, you know, possibly going into Saturday. So with all those wins combined, even though it was more of a, what have you done for me lately situation? It still shows you that the overall body of work in on top of these last couple of weeks were obviously good enough during the year. I mean, look, this team won 40 games. It's our first 40 game win season since 2016. You basically made it to the Sunbelt Conference Championship from the loser's bracket in a conference that's ranked fifth in all of college baseball. You basically, right now, if you ask me, even in spite of the loss the other day to Southern Miss, you're still kind of hot. I thought, and look, I wasn't able to, I apologize. I wasn't able to join yesterday. I had some other obligations, but I wanted to talk, say something about that game yesterday. First of all, kudos to Southern Miss. They are a good, solid baseball team. They've shown it. I thought they should have hosted. And I think they're going to go make noise in Auburn and that Auburn regional. But I also think we had a little bit, a little, bit of fatigue. Uh, our bullpen was pretty much had collapsed. And on top of that, Southern Miss was just a better team. They're just they, right now, I'd give them the edge over us, especially yesterday. They're just a better team. But in spite of all that, I still think right now this team has a chance with a brand new start going into Friday. This Cajuns baseball team, they've been battle tested day in and day out. They've been so battle tested. And I really think that not to sound emotional about it. When I say emotional, I say, you know, I don't think the committee looks at that, the intangibles, but I do think winning those last few games against the quality competition, I think the committee saw that and said, you know, this team could go make noise in the postseason. If they were able to come out the loser's bracket and beat Coastal twice, beat Southern Miss and beat some, you know, go beat Texas state back to back. I think they could go make some noise. I really think, in spite of all the analytics, I think the committee saw that. And I think that was a little extra nudge to get us in.
3: For years, Nick and I talked about this yesterday for years. There was the thing called the last 10 and the Cajuns were something like uh, seven and three or eight and two. I forgot exactly what it was, but not only did you have a good last 10, you beat a top 10 team twice in the same day. You, you, again, like you said, you eliminated Texas state single handedly, basically from postseason play. Uh, and you did it, again, in the fifth-ranked conference in America. It absolutely played a part. I mean, I'll be honest with you, if we don't... I mean, there's no way that this team is in the postseason without the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Just no way. We didn't, we didn't do enough. What we did most recently was go toe-to-toe with the nation's best baseball teams. You can't ignore that, and, you know, I, we'll get into the committee and, and the teams that should or shouldn't be in later, but the West got absolutely screwed over man like UC Santa Barbara should be in the tournament UC Irvine should be in the tournament over Oklahoma over Oklahoma who didn't even have a 500 record in conference so
4: but hey they're going to to the
3: SEC so they've already got SEC
4: bias going on
3: look and we talked about it we were worried about the brand overshadowing us and it turned out that it hurt the schools on the west who had really really nice resumes I think I think UC Irvine was nine and one against the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 was in the top five conference. I think they were number three. I mean, they were now look, there's always going to be some controversy who gets left out, who doesn't, you know. I just thought they only have one regional out west, and it's Stanford. I have but my I thoughts think, on that. We'll get but on I that think later. That
4: gets into the RPI conversation on where I think home wins should should matter a little bit less in the RPI, and road wins should Matter a little bit more and force these teams like in Oklahoma or even Texas or LSU or whoever that intentionally schedule home series for the entirety of their non-conference series uh, series that they host and, and travel to. And so they're just building this RPI. They're playing the game. And they have all home games. So if you force them to go on the road and face a little bit stiffer competition, because it doesn't matter who you are, a road game is naturally harder to win than than a home game. Then I think you're going to see some of that parity come into play. But right now, it's an unfair advantage because all they're doing is they know the system. They game the system. We had Brian Benton last year that said you don't necessarily want to schedule all high RPI teams. You want to game the system and play guys who you know are going to win after they play you. Um, so, you know, I think, I think they need to de- dig deeper into that. I really do. Because again, like you said, there were a lot of West coast teams that decide that should have been in, but because Oklahoma played the RPI game, they get in on top of them. And that's not really fair.
3: Let's talk about, let's talk about the other regionals from the Sun Belt First, first, I want to say you guys mentioned how Southern Miss supported the Cajuns getting in, which I mean, I'll be honest with you. That was like a really cool moment, you know, see those guys who we, back and forth with the players battle and regardless of bat flips and trash talk and all that stuff, it's great for the league. It's great for the league to have something like that. It's great for Louisiana to have a rival. It's great for Southern Miss to have a rival. I mean, it just benefits everybody involved. So to see their players uh, get fired up for the Cajuns to make the, the tournament, uh, I just thought that was really, really cool. Uh, even Coastal Carolina fans who, I mean, let's be honest, we've been brutal to them and um, they don't have a huge fan base, but the ones that they do are engaged. So I'll give them I'll give them kudos for that. Uh, even they were congratulating us, and we tried to return the favor, of course. Uh, Troy, I was happy to, so happy that Troy got in because I, I thought they were very deserving. Uh, they they have that transfer kid hit like 22 home runs or something. crazy. Uh, is it Stewart? I can't remember his last name. Anyway, they've got a real baseball team. They've got some fighters. Uh, they can pitch. I'm interested to see what they can can do in their regional. It's a, it's a winnable regional. That, that Alabama regional is winnable. Um, I don't know if they're the best team. I think, see, Kendall Rogers said that Alabama was undervalued. Alabama's been through so much this season, I don't really know if they know who they are. Of course, the SEC bias comes in. Of course, all the, the built-in advantages of their RPI and playing all the RPI high seeds, you know, teams in that conference. I don't know. I don't know anything past what I've seen lately from them and what they've been doing lately is impressive, but I still see a path for, for Troy.
5: I I don't know. It really depends because what I've seen this weekend with Troy, they've had to come from behind to pull off some close wins against some teams. I thought they would have had a little bit easier against, um, Again, it's it's the it's the postseason, so you never really know. Now, do they have the talent to win the Tuscaloosa regional? Absolutely, of course they have the talent to win the Tuscaloosa regional. It just depends, kind of like Alabama, which Troy team shows up. Um, I I think it's a very winnable regional for them. I think that you know Alabama had you know they started off fantastic this year, and then they had a few bumps and bruises along the way, and they've kind of had their ups and downs. So. They're kind of a vulnerable team. Plus they're the 16 seed. I mean, an sec team being the 16 seed says a lot. Usually it's someone like an Indiana state or a coastal that would get that 16 seed. They gave it to Alabama. So right there tells me that, yes, they are good. And yes, they are a host, but they're not a dangerous host. I don't think Troy is going to, I don't think they could, Troy's going to go in there with this uh, and, and, and walk, walk out with, with, um, with, with some type of blowout loss. I think they're good enough to win that regional. It's close to home. They're playing a bunch of familiar guys uh, within within that regional. And look, Bob, people are debating whether or not Boston College was worthy enough of of hosting. Some people were throwing Boston College's name out. And of course, Nichols, I mean, shoot, I would have been more curious to see what Nichols would have done in the Baton Rouge regional, to be honest with you. So I, that, that's, a, to me, I feel like that regional is, is kind of It's kind of up for grabs, if you ask me. I think that regional is winnable for any of those teams, including Nichols. So, I mean, that's going to be a war. It's going to be a war in Tuscaloosa this weekend, for sure, with all four of those teams.
4: Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about B.C., um and what they've done this year I, I don't know their resume obviously good enough to be in the in the regional tournament uh again like you said jerry don't slip sleep on Nichols. i i get it they're from the south Lane, i get it they won the tournament but um i would i would never outside of two lane i don't know how they pulled off that miracle but i i don't think you sleep on any louisiana school that has made it in the regional this year i think it's i think nickels can make some noise um I don't know. I don't know about Troy. Uh, again, I don't know Boston College well enough or nor Alabama to be honest with you, but it is it is a 16 seed, right? So you got to think it's winnable for 2 or 3 seed to come in and and, and win it. I, I I do think there's a chance. I don't think you can look at at Troy and say they have no chance to win it. I think there there is a chance for them to uh to get to the the last two games, one or two games of that regional and take it uh, take it home. We'll see.
3: Let's stay on this side of the bracket and go to Auburn, where Southern Miss is probably the most dangerous two seed in on that side of the bracket. So you got Southern Miss, Samford, Penn, and Auburn. Auburn kind of hit their stride somewhere along the time that they played TSAB. All of a sudden, they just started hitting the ball over the ballpark. They've been on an absolute tear. And, I mean, look, they're a host site. They play in a really tough conference. They've got plenty of talent. Again, I don't know how good they are. I've seen them play some bad baseball, seen them play some good baseball. They are not one of these teams that you look at and go, "Man, that is a, that's an unwinnable regional." Southern Miss has plenty of arms. Obviously, we know what they can do offensively. They're just a well put together baseball team, and you got to keep you got to keep in mind they're playing for for Scott Barry. I mean, this is his last rodeo. So, that's a little bit of extra um, motivation that serves for them. They have a lot of seniors on that team. They're older. Uh, I think Danny Lynch is 36. Um, so Southern miss to me has a great opportunity to win that Auburn regional. You guys agree
4: hundred percent because they have the experience from last season, um, to take into this season's regional tournament where they're on the road, they feel disrespected. As you said, uh, this is, uh, this is for Scott Berry. So that has a little bit to do with it as well. And I, I mean, again, I said it earlier today to you guys, there is a chance that, that the Sun Belt gets multiple teams to Omaha this year. I, I don't think I've ever said that. And I'm not being facetious, I'm not being silly. I really do think we have a shot for more than one team to get to Omaha this year. And I think it starts here in the the Auburn regional. I think they have a hell of a chance to, uh, to, with the experience, like you said, with the 36 year old player who does yoga on the field, I think they have a chance to make some noise in that regional and win it and, and win a super and make it to Omaha. So yes, I, I do think this is a a favorable uh, spot for Southern Miss. I
5: think I'll be honest with you and I'm not being, Sunbelt biased or anything, but I think Southern Miss had a worthy team uh, to host. And um, I don't know if maybe earlier in the year, some of their slip ups might have cost them. I don't know if, um, I don't know what the committee was looking at. Maybe their RPI was a little bit too low, which is what they claim, right? But at the same time, if their RPI was too low, why did they give Auburn, who was a 19 RPI ranking? the regional over campbell who was i think 14 i mean this this was a to me this was a stolen bid by auburn i think campbell i hated deserved, i hated that move uh, i thought campbell, campbell deserved, deserved to host that. um again you talk about the weekend they played TSAB and you know they were 25 and like 19 that weekend and that was only about three weeks ago and then they get hot all of a sudden now they're worthy of a host spot it's like well let's 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 hold your horses for just a second here um but I don't think that was I don't think that was fair for Southern Miss to have to go there. Uh, so that's really a, a, a part A and part B of of kind of a situation where you're looking at the fact that number one, Campbell should be hosting, and number two, uh, Southern Miss possibly should have a host spot or they shouldn't. I don't know. I just feel like I, I don't I don't think it's fair. I just don't. Um, but with that said. I think, like you said, Scott Berry, he's retiring. I think you have a very senior laden, or should I say, veteran, um, veteran laden group of guys that are leaders on that Southern Miss li- in that Southern Miss lineup. Uh, you've got guys like Tanner Hall and Danny Lynch and Slade Wilkes and a few others that have become household names who are who are hungry. And I think all of those guys feel disrespected into a regional of a team that, in my opinion, should not have hosted. Um, I expect Southern Miss to win this regional. I'm going to say it. I expect Southern Miss to win this regional. Um, They, you know, seeing them yesterday uh, come out of the losers, come out of that game, that losing game against App State and just rake the second game and then pretty much beat us head to head. They're just that good, so I, I really think that they're going to go to Auburn, and I think they're going to be dog piling in their stadium come Sunday or Monday. So, um, to me, I, as I look at this bracket, I think this is Southern Miss's regional to lose. Even playing in Auburn, I really think this is their regional to lose.
3: I agree, especially if Monaster and Dickerson hit uh, the way they've been hitting lately. They're, they're going to slap the ball around the park, Lane. Johnson, thanks for requesting, sir. The floor is yours.
2: Hey guys, uh, I was watching the selection show earlier today, and although he was out of the room when they were talking about Auburn and whatnot, the AD for Auburn is actually the committee chair. Yeah, Cohen. So on, I think on. there had uh, there were some talks prior to them meeting. Be like, hey, put Auburn in. As the last hopes or whatever, not that they deserved it, but um, I have a feeling there had to be something to that effect in play. And the fact that Campbell, or uh, with that they put Campbell in a soccer uh, Regional, which I thought kind of screwed them. Um, yeah, South Carolina is down a little bit the last several weeks, but they're still. South Carolina. Um,
3: I think Campbell's going to go back and win that regional.
2: But I was, they'll probably take it to as many games as possible. But I think they can come out of that and win it. Yeah. I'm and they you. also said that Southern Miss needed like one more win in order to host, which makes no sense. But it is what it is at this point now. And look,
4: I, re- I respect the RPI, and I know they weighed heavily on that. But Indiana State, uh, two, you and, know, nine.
3: And, two and, and nine against the top 25 RPI. And,
4: but it's another situation where Indiana State's, I, I think their AD or somebody was on the committee, weren't they? And I mean, oh, you know, Same Auburn, country. like you said, Lane, Indiana State, like it, it just stuff like that just doesn't make sense. Like I get your RPI is high, but let's look at the big picture. And it doesn't seem like they really looked at the big picture in that case.
2: I think I'm more surprised that Alabama was the 16 instead of Indiana State. If Indiana State barely squeaked in as a host, you would think they would have been the 16th seed. Agree. One conference
3: shouldn't have eight host sites. That's just ridiculous. You're regionalizing baseball. They need to spread that out. First of all, I know there's a ton of good baseball on the Eastern Seaboard. I know South Carolina and North Carolina is a hotbed. I mean, think Coastal, Campbell, uh, North Carolina, uh, uh, South Carolina. There's so many of them. Clemson, all that but you got to find a way to disperse that. I, I just think that that's bad for a college baseball to have it all in one area. It's all but in the Southeast, but that's the excuse. If, if when we're sent to the team across the basin,
4: the excuse is well, we want to keep teams within 400 miles of their regional that we are in Miami. So that blows that out the water. So again, there's inconsistency between sports because one sport where well, you got to keep them close this sport. Well, we'll send them wherever they want. And by the way, one West Coast regional, you're 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 not making sense. There's no consistency to the process. That's what's frustrating. I think for all of us is there's no consistency.
3: Lane, appreciate your thoughts. Thanks for joining, uh, Mister Jordan Guillory. The floor is yours, sir. Thanks for requesting.
0: Hey guys, how we doing? Good. Um, brother. Yeah, kind of just kind of piggybacking what you guys were saying. I, there, there is a few controversies with the whole, you know sort of seating and where people go. I think one of the other reasons why Campbell uh, didn't get a host is sort of, I think I heard earlier in the season, Campbell just doesn't have sort of the site that's really attractive uh, to really host at all. Like they don't have the stadium capacity that really the committee is looking for was a reason why I would kind of just want to get your thoughts on Maybe that's sort of a reason yeah, why and Campbell didn't get a host.
3: It's it's a good point. And I remember when the T before the T got renovated, it, they held it against us a couple of times. And, you know, him McDonald famously said it was like calling a game from a deer stand. And I understand that, but you got to remember this. UCLA for a long time was a baseball blue blood. I don't know if you've ever seen their stadium. It's an absolute dump. It looks like a bad high school. Uh, it's not quite as bad as Georgia state, but it's pretty bad. I mean, I don't know if they can fit 1500 people and they've hosted regionals. So, I don't think you should be able to penalize a team because of their site if they went out and earned it on the field. Again, that's sending a bad message to to college baseball teams around the country. Jerry, I know you have a comment.
5: Well, if that's the case, why is Indiana State hosting? They've got a 2,000 seat stadium and they're hosting. I mean, why why is that a problem for Campbell?
3: That's, that's a good point. I mean, it's it goes I mean, back if that's, to that's that's what they're claiming, right? It goes back to they constantly move the goalposts. They have to find a way to fit the narrative that they want to paint. And that's just really what they do. They Look at what happened in softball this year. Schedule, schedule, schedule. Oh, wait, by the way, this year we're going to change it. It's always going to happen that way. And now, before they could even get through the selection show, they're talking about how the RPI is unreliable, which it is. The system's flawed, which it is. But we got to do something about it, which they won't. Because they can manipulate it the way they want. They can make it say whatever they want, and that's what they like. What do you think, Jordan?
0: Yeah, um I think with Indiana State they, they just had such a good RPI that they were kind of forced to maybe put them in to the host spot just by I mean I think what, what they went 2 and 9 or something against top 50 opponents if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that was Indiana so State, was, right? Yeah, Indiana State. So it wasn't really that impressive. I think Campbell should have posted, I think Southern Miss should have posted, but again, kind uh, of what Lane said when you have Auburn having a big influence in the within the committee, um, you have sort of a more of a sexy look with the Auburn uh, host spot than maybe a Campbell. Um, I think that's maybe a, a big reason why. I mean, th- there was obviously a lot of controversies um, within. Luckily, UL was not one of them. Um, but like with Oklahoma, Arizona, I mean, people are going to be upset, I think, every year.
3: Every year there's going to be an opportunity mm-hmm. for somebody to be upset, but Oklahoma does not have the resume. I don't care.
0: Yeah,
3: they, they just don't have it. If you compare it to the other teams that were just squeaking in under the line or whatever, it's not close. It's not close. Yeah. and Shout, I
0: also think shout I also out to,
3: think- uh, real quickly, shout out to JP on Twitter. He said that Campbell actually applied for an off, uh, off-campus site to be able to host, and I don't know how that played itself out, but there you go.
0: Yeah, and I I think Kansas State got screwed too. Uh, I think they they deserve it more than Oklahoma does. So, yeah, that, that that's just uh where
3: I'm at. Yeah, the Big 12 was it wasn't quite as good baseball this year, but they they're strong. They're top heavy. Go ahead. Josh. Well, how is
5: it Oklahoma got in? They were 31 and 26. They were 5 games above 500. They were 10 and 13, I believe, in conference. So, you're 10 and 17 against the top 50. You're 10 and I think 14 or 12 and 14 or 12 and 15 in the in the conference you're five games above 500 and you get in as an at large I, I'm I, see that that's where that's where I think there's a flaw because I understand half the time, if you look at softball and we've, we've worn this out, but I'll say it again. If you look at softball and you play in somewhere like the sec, you can be 10 games below 500 in your conference. And just by default, because you play these good teams in your conference, all of a sudden you get in at large. That's crazy to me. I mean, you're rewarding. You're, you're kind of rewarding underachievement is what you're doing. If a team is five games above 500 and you're below 500 in your conference, I don't care if it's the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12. I'm sorry, man. You shouldn't get in. Okay, 11 and 13. So you're two games below 500. You get in as an at-large. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I I just don't agree with that. I agree. I I think I don't agree I think with
4: that. That should be
5: a disqualifying
4: factor because, you, one, don't get me this Well, they're in a tough conference. Well, you chose to be in that conference, right? So if you choose to be in a conference and you can't make it to 500, then that should be an automatic disqualification from you being in a regional. Now, whether or not you can qualify by winning your tournament, that's another conversation because should Tulane with their awful record be in a tournament, even if they win, I don't know. We, that's again, a different conversation, but if you can't even be 500 in conference play, I don't care. Like you said, Jerry, what conference you're in. Why do you get rewarded for that by being in a regional? That's not you should not be rewarded. So those teams shouldn't qualify, and and that would take care of a lot of the silly business that we see with an Oklahoma uh, or you know I I, may, I jokingly said well Mississippi State didn't make their conference tournament but they might they might get a regional uh, get into the regionals before us I, I I was halfway joking but that's literally how. People look at these, well, they're SEC, so they should get the benefit of the doubt. No, if you don't go 500 in a conference, you don't go to a regional. You should not be rewarded for mediocrity.
3: Well, it also provides another guide rail that you can use that you can't move the goalposts on, which is why they won't do it. I'm for some more... exclusion of something. You got to find a way to be able to leave some of these teams out so that you don't have to make these decisions. You let them decide it on the field themselves. Shout out to Bryce, by the way, he said to Kansas state who we just talked about, kind of got screwed over. They were 13 and 11 in conference and Oklahoma was 11 and 13, but Kansas state swept Oklahoma. So, so again, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Kansas Uh,
4: state also beat Texas in the,
3: in the, in the the conference conference tournament, conference tournament. Yeah. So anyway, Jordan, I appreciate your your comments, sir. Thanks for joining. Uh, we're gonna keep rolling on here. Um, Arizona was twelve and eighteen in the Pac-12 from Bryce as well. You know, I think that's something that needs to be explored. If you can't at least have a five hundred record in conference, you shouldn't be participating in postseason play. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that that's probably something that I think that people would listen to that. that that's a reasonable exclusionary thing. It's not like something arbitrary. Again,
5: it gives you more ammo to keep teams out or to put teams in. You don't have to make the decision. Again, how can you be six or 10 games below 500 and your conference and still get in as an at-large? I mean, yes, yeah, you beat, oh, they're good teams. Well, when you're playing in a conference by default where you have good teams, I'm sorry, like that you still, that's not worthy of justification for having a, below five, a record below 500 and still getting in as an at-large. I mean that's, you know, I've said it before. I go back to what we talk about with in high school sports here in Louisiana. We have the split now. Whether you like the split or not, a two and eight team should not be making the playoffs. Period. I don't care if it's if you don't have enough teams. You you know, a two and eight team or a three and seven team does not belong in the playoffs. Same argument. I, I this this is this is. Again, the, the narrative shifts and the narrative changes and people could say what they want. Like I, I, we know we retweeted Oklahoma's resume compared to UL's resume. And I know Oklahoma's in the big 12, but the Cajuns were 40 and 22. They're 31 and 26. And Our the number conference five record, conference in the country, by the And the, the number way. five conference in the country. And we're 22 and 14 in conference compared to their, what, 11 and 13? I mean, yeah, I know they have a little bit of a better RPI, but heck, they can get swept by. You you get swept by better teams, your RPI automatically jumps just because you get swept by a better team.
3: And that's why I say it's always that's absurd. Stacked. It's always the SEC, especially. You could be terrible and go play Kentucky, LSU, South Carolina, and your RPI goes up by losing. It's and get swept it's, it's a by ridiculous them. You formula. You can
5: you can get swept by them, and your RPI somehow by some miracle can jump up. While meanwhile, we have to go sweep three different teams that go nine for nine and RPI drops. Well, who are they going and to be 22 conference wins Be
4: wondering whether or not you're getting in. Meanwhile, teams with losing conference records
3: are in speaking of the teams in the, the sunbelt conference. Let's finish up the regionals that have participating sunbelt members, coastal Carolina, a host seed or host site. Excuse me. They have Ryder university of North Carolina, Wilmington and Duke who, by the way, I don't know if you've seen a lot of Duke games. Uh, they've they've been yeah. a pretty decent team. They actually, I watched them play Rake Forest, Wake Forest. I, I call them Rake Forest because I think it's cool. But uh, they've played some very good teams at a high level. It's uh, some really good. I've seen two really, really well-played midweek games. Duke. It was Duke and Rake Forest, and I think it was Duke and Coastal, actually. I'm pretty sure they played each other. So... What do you guys think about that regional? I, I like coastal. Uh, I think coastal is just a well put together team. You got to wonder about Peterson, their Friday guy, uh, his health and their number two is also not exactly a hundred percent. So I don't know what their pitching situation looks like. We know that they can hit the ball with the best of them. Uh, that's, that's going to be a fun regional, a lot of offense. I expect a lot of offense.
4: Yeah. I mean, I would be a little bit concerned on how they ended their season. Um, getting swept by us on Saturday. However, you gotta think that they were, it, they were conservative in their game plan. They were conservative in in the arms they used. I think uh, when you know you're in and when you know you're hosting and when you know you don't have a whole lot riding on it, I think you, I mean, it, it, human nature, you're gonna take a mental break and you'll, you'll go through the motions. I think that happened. Um, with coastal now, don't get me wrong. I think they wanted to win the two games on Saturday, but I also think that that did play into some of the decision-making that they had to, had to make. And I feel like, um, I feel like they're going to come out fighting in their own regional. I, I think that they advance out of this regional. Do they drop a game? Maybe they maybe drop a game. Let's say Duke or UNCW makes it out of their game and, and faces coastal. Could they drop that game? Yes, but I don't see them coming back and losing two game, another game like they did to us. Uh, so I, I think this is a good, a good situation for Coastal. I'm not as confident as Southern Miss, even though Coastal's hosting. I think Southern Miss is, has got all the momentum and 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 you know bringing that into the regional. But again, I think this is winnable for Coastal. Um, but I do think that they they do run the risk. Like you said, they've got some injury questions out there. Um, if their bats don't show up for a game, they could drop one. But I still fully expect them to win.
5: Yeah, I think Coastal Carolina is an obvious favorite here. I don't want to overlook Duke just because of the fact that they did finish in the top six of the ACC, which anytime you finish in the top six in the ACC is pretty respectable. Um, I think Duke's going to be a big challenge. Don't underestimate UNC Wilmington. Uh, believe it or not, they went two for two against East Carolina. They took two out of three against Northeastern, who came, who got in as an at-large as well, and they also took two out of three against TCU. So this is a team that they they've surprised some people, and they were able to. Um, get out of they were able to beat northeastern and get out of their tournament as winners they were kind of on the cusp actually their RPI was very similar to the Cajuns so this UNC Wilmington team is they they they're they're pretty well tested I wouldn't overlook them uh, either but I do think that coastal, Coastal's going to it's going to be a challenge. I'll put it to you like that. It's not going to be as easy as as to me I think Southern Miss has more of an advantage than Coastal does only because I look at UNC Wilmington and Duke and I can look at either one of those teams and say that these two teams can win this regional. That go and now Ryder I looked at Ryder's resume. It's okay. They're sixteen games above five hundred, but if you look at their schedule, they really didn't beat anybody. Um, they are a decent team. Do I think they're good enough to win this regional? Probably not. But I mean, I'm looking at three out of those four teams. In my opinion, can win this regional. So um, I think Coastal's they're 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 the favorite, but at the same time, they're 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 a favorite, but not by much. I do think Duke and UNC Wilmington are. Pretty much on their tail, and it can be, uh, it can be an epic finish. It, it it can be really close, especially with the fact that these teams are all familiar with one another. They've all played each other already. Heck, UNC Wilmington and Duke split. Uh, I believe they split the season already, so they know who they are. They've seen them before, so it's going to be interesting. This is actually, I think this is this is this is going to be a dogfight in Conway. I think it's an
3: evenly matched regional. First of all, you got UNC Wilmington that's got tons of history. They've been a a good baseball school for a long time. you got Duke who spent the majority of the season in the top 25. I don't know much about Ryder, uh, but I think that, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Three of those teams can win that regional. Um, But also, shout out to Cajun Jack who just reminded me that Gary Gilmore is calling it a career at the end of this season also. So you have that level of motivation for them. It's going to be interesting. I, I... I don't know who's the favorite. I I like, I think Duke and Coastal Carolina are very evenly matched. And again, if you go back to the health, you never know, you never know how that works out because you got to be able to pitch in these things. You know, you guys know that. Uh, Real quick, we'll touch on Baton Rouge who got a cakewalk. Uh, They have the, I think the Tulane has the worst record of any regional team in like 30 years or something. Forgot exactly what they said, but they won 19 games, they got 40 losses, and they won the tournament to get in. Fantastic, Sam Houston State. Who I'll be honest, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to. Good, a good three seed. Uh, they play good baseball there. Obviously, Matt Deggs came from there. I mean, we were very familiar with Sam Houston over the years. Um, and then Oregon State, who is an offensive juggernaut. Uh, they have history with LSU. I still don't think that they have the top end talent to beat the Tigers over the course of the of the regional. Uh, and, and, and I question their pitching as well. They're, but before this version of Oregon State, Oregon State before used to have pitcher after pitcher after pitcher. This team is not built that way. So real quickly, thoughts on uh, avoiding TSAB and uh, that regional, which to me shapes up as a, a pretty easy walk to the regionals. Yeah,
4: I have, some, um, I have some very reliable information from those close to the situation that said that we were going to be in the Baton Rouge Regional, but they would not agree to call us Louisiana. So um, they moved us out to Miami. Um, Man, I joking, wish that was true. Joking. But um, in all seriousness, look, um, I think TSAB, uh, whether or not they pitched their number one, uh, their first game. um I don't know they they probably I I historically they haven't historically they saved their number 1 for for game 2 but I will say uh look Tulane is familiar with LSU Tulane is obviously a different a different team in 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 the tournament than they have been all season uh, you never want to sleep on a team in your state that knows you and I, I what was the score earlier in the season when they played I mean it wasn't a blowout by Tsa I was think it it was
5: I want to say it was like seven to four, seven, it four, seven, yeah. five, something like that. And that yeah. was a
4: midweek game. So look, you're going to be fits, facing their number two pitcher, potentially um, Tulane knows them. I will just say, look, is this a cakewalk for LSU potentially? But if they drop one game in this regional, they're in a lot of trouble because there is not a lot of faith in that bullpen. I've seen it over the past few weeks. There, there has been a real drop off. From where they were earlier in the season, well, I don't they, know if there was a drop off. I think there was an exposure.
3: Who, right? Who who do you have outside of Hurd, uh, uh, Ty Floyd, and Skeens? And look, outside uh, of these three guys, I mean, who are you going to rely on?
4: Uh, what is his name? The, the The big burly guy with the long hair. Um, we used don't to have know. a player named after him anyway. He used to be a really good pitcher. The, the The point is, I don't think that they have. I don't think it's something that just developed. I think it's something that they were able to hide, kind of, and 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 managed through, but they were exposed as the season went on. So I think that is a real, a real challenge for them. If they drop one game in this regional, they're going to be in serious trouble. But if they don't, Riley Cooper, thank you, Justin. It was Riley Cooper. Look, good pitcher, but he's not exactly had his best stuff uh, lately. So I think, I think if they manage to, to win the first couple games, then I think they're in good shape, but if they drop one of the first two games and look again, Tulane, their record speaks for themselves. They've been awful during the season, but they know they know this team. This is not a this is not a new you know team coming in, not knowing how to play them. They know exactly what their strengths and weaknesses are. So it'll be interesting to see how this transpires. Um, don't sleep on Sam Houston. They're gritty. They've always have been since Deggs was there. And even before Deggs was there, they they beat us in game one, I think, in in Baton Rouge a few years ago in the regional tournament. So you never want to sleep on teams like them. Um, but looking at it from a non-biased point of view, they t should win the regional. I think it's a cakewalk for them. If, if they don't lose one game, then I think it's a cakewalk.
5: Yeah, I think, I think the Tigers should win this regional. Um, I looked at a little bit of Oregon statistics and I looked at some of their scores and they can hit the ball. Uh, they've been known to have some, Decent bats up there, but they can't pitch. Uh, a lot of, if you look at some of their scores, a lot of their losses, you know, 12 to 13, 10 to 11 six to eight or eight to six. So they hit the ball, they can score runs, uh, but can they match T-Sab's lineup? Can they match the Tigers uh, brunt of that lineup that can rake against, you know, subpar pitching? I mean, if they, if if Oregon state doesn't pitch, it's going to be, there's gonna be a lot of home runs out of Alex box for the purple and gold. So uh, I I think that this should be a winnable regional for the Tigers. Um, But you look at Tulane right now. I mean, you look at what they've done in the last week you know, you don't want to sleep on a team like that. I mean, again, forget the record. Don't worry about the record. This team came through the American Conference uh, tournament and dominated for the most part and were able to, to to beat a good East Carolina team that some people were saying were in the bid to host. So uh, don't overlook them. Uh, Sam Houston is a gritty team as well. You saw what Coach Deggs did with Sam Houston's team in 2017 up in Lubbock, Texas. They won the regional against a really good Texas Tech team that, had bats similar to the Tigers this year. So, I mean, these are these are the type of programs, you don't want to overlook them, but on paper if, if the Tigers show up, they should win. Um, but crazier things have happened in the last two or three weeks with a lack of a bullpen. You go play Oregon State one game and Skeens doesn't pitch or he, you know, they knock him out off the mound like Arkansas did last week and guess what? Now you have a brand new regional. Now it's fair game. So, really, I think Even though the Tigers should win, it's all really going to depend on their pitching what, which, which bullpen is going to show up is the bullpen that got them a national seed going to be there this weekend, or is it going to be the bullpen that, you know, Connor Higgs and, and Heath hood, you know, went yard with. Is it going to be the bullpen that Mississippi State scored 10 unanswered runs down nine to win the, the series? I mean, which which bullpen's going to show up? Which pitching staff is going to show up? So, um, again, I picked the Tigers to win it. I think they're going to have. But sometimes I think based on the way they played lately, I think they're going to have to grind to get it. We'll, we'll see.
3: I personally think that Oregon State is one of the weakest. Teams in the tournament as far as where they're seated. So their strength of schedule is 80. Their non-conference strength of schedule is 252. They're nine and nine against the RPI top 50. They went two and Q in the Pac-12 tournament, and they lost to Arizona and Arizona State, in which they give up 13 and 14 runs apiece in each of those games. They have a late season loss uh, in mid-May to Portland, 14 to eight. Uh, They got swept by Southern, uh, uh, by Stanford. Uh, Southern uh, Cal, they swept them, but Southern Cal is way down this year. Uh, they lost two out of three to Oregon. I, I just, I don't believe in them. I don't, they don't do anything to, they don't do anything that is going to keep them alive in that regional, as far as their pitching goes. I mean, I think they might have worse pitching than Tulane and that's not hyperbole. Like Jerry said, I think their team ERA is like eight. So, well
5: again, but it, but if you look at some of the series that the Tigers have lost over the last month, like Mississippi state, even Auburn, heck, they had to go to an extras against Georgia I would say Oregon State is better than those those few teams outside of Auburn. I would say Oregon State has a better team than Mississippi State and Georgia, and yet they struggle to beat them. I mean, heck, they lost a series to Mississippi State at home. Again, it's at home, so it really all depends on the on the pitching. I mean, I'll admit that team can win a national championship, but if the pitching collapses on them, none of it's going to matter. And 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 look, they may if the pitching in the bullpen collapses on them this weekend. Oregon State may be the team that's dogpiling in Alex Box. I mean that that's that's how close. That's what that that's how close the performance of a bullpen can do. That that's how close the fate of your team or the fate of your future could lie in the hands of a, of a bullpen that's struggling. I, mean, I think it, you're looking
3: at a at a different team than even we saw way back when. I, I think it's a different baseball team. Some of it is health. Some of it is Dylan Cruz came back to earth. Some of it is Tommy tanks is not healthy. Um, there's a lot of things that they've not been doing lately that they did early in the season. And and I wonder if that rubs off. Now I do think they're going to get up for this. They know they have a good team and they know they can make a real run. So I think that they'll get up. I'm going to say something that's in the very extreme minority of things. I'm actually having some FOMO because I, I would, I wanted to be in Baton Rouge. I, I did. I, the tigers don't scare me. I think that we can play with anybody in this country. I would have loved to be in there with Tulane and all those fans from across the state. How, mu- how much fun would those tailgates and those games have been? I mean, it would have been, as the kids say, "litty." Can you imagine, though,
4: if we, we went over there and beat them in their own regional in softball and then did it again in baseball? Then what, oh, then what are you saying?
3: The, the, the state would fall into the Gulf Oh, I know.
4: Well, how many national championships do you have, ULL? Like, it always goes back to that.
5: Well, what does that mean for today? Well, we don't we don't matter. OK, obviously, we don't matter. But the second you see Louisiana on that NCAA bracket, it sure mattered when a few of their fans are correcting, quote, unquote, our by the way, I when, thought they, that was pretty when they clever, when
4: they have me in their mentions and then I like respond and absolutely destroy them. Their first response is, well, you guys are just obsessed with us. Anyway, I don't want to make this about them, but I'm just saying they're kind of dumb.
3: All right. So now the the, the grand finale here, let's talk about our regional. And uh, for my money, it's probably the toughest. I'll be honest with you. I think I think Miami probably could have been a national seed. They, they play real baseball. Maine, uh, who we'll get into, and we'll get into each team a little bit. Maine is an offensive powerhouse from the Northeast. Now, their strength of schedule is like 272, and I understand all that. And the bottom line is, is if you can hit the baseball, you can hit the baseball. Um, so they're not a pushover four seed. Obviously, Louisiana, to me, you, you never want to let a team like that in. This is a bias aside. You never want to let a team that's playing well and getting hot and figuring roles out and, and showing the teeth of a champion, you never want to let them get in because you never know what they can do. They can do some crazy damage, whether it be Louisiana or anybody else. That's just a true fact across the board. And then Texas, who comes out of the Big 12, a top five conference RPI. Uh, I probably had some, some lower lows than they expected to have this year, but uh, Coach Pierce is still there. They still have good pitching. They can still, look, they still... They're Texas. They're Texas. They still attract great talent. Uh, so we'll get into those things a little bit more, but just some general thoughts before we get into the nitty gritty. Uh, Nick, we'll start with you. What, you know, when we, when it was announced, what was your overall impression? How did you feel? Uh, do you feel as as tough of a regional as I do?
4: My first impression was hell yeah, we're in the tournament. Uh, I don't yeah, care if they true. sent us to Wake Forest, I'd have been excited. Um, look, Miami is is a great team. Like you said, Maine can swing the ball. Texas is traditionally a powerhouse in baseball. And I'm not terrified of Texas. And we'll talk about why in a little bit, but is this a tough regional? Absolutely. I think Miami is by far going to be your biggest challenge. um, If we get to them in game two, Uh, but look uh you to, to okay, I'm gonna go Rick Flair here. to be the man, you got to beat the man. and there is no cakewalk in this tournament. I don't care if you get sent to Tsab or South Carolina or wherever. So if you want to make some noise in this regional, you're going to have to beat some really good teams and um, you know teams like Maine, you can't sleep on them because of the name on their chest. I mean, we say that all the time about us. You don't 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 be don't think that you you got us just because of the name on our chest. Respect us. You got to respect every opponent in this regional. I think it's going to be um, again a very tough regional. I think Miami is a very tough challenge. But if things fall into place and you figure out pitching and your your bats get hot at the right time then there's no reason why you can't advance out of this regional. But again, it's gonna be very tough. You're gonna to have to have things go your way. You're gonna to have to have calls go your way, uh, but excited to have the opportunity because I really think that's all this team wanted was a chance and they have the chance. So let's have fun. And also last year being in a regional really, really helps because you were in a really, really tough environment I don't think there is any environment in the entire country including Tsab that has the rowdy fans that we faced at AM. I know Josh you probably wanted to punch a couple in the in the face. I know I did. So there this that that was a good a good experience for our team and and the returners. So um I think that's going to be really helpful for us in this regional because this isn't our first go round.
5: You know, Matt Dick said a few times uh, in this past in the last few press conferences, he said, you know, I feel that this group wasn't finished and it would have hurt to have to end the season abruptly because of the fact that he felt that this group had more to prove and more to go out and show to people. And and to be able to get into this regional, to be able to have our name called, we got our wish. These guys now have a chance on a national stage to go out and prove what they're worth. And so that was You know, To Nick's point, I I agree. Just to see our name show up on a bracket, just to see Louisiana show up in the Coral Gables regional, I was ecstatic. Uh, At this point, I didn't care where we were going. I didn't care if they would have sent us to Wake Forest, the number one seed. I just wanted to make a regional, and we did. So now it's time to to play, to play some ball. Uh, Again, this is a brand-new season, and it's fair game. Crazier things have happened this time of year. Everybody is zero and zero, and so – We're one of 64 teams left that are striving to go again to Omaha. And yes, this regional is going to be tough. Yes, you're playing two powerhouses in, you know, both Miami and Texas. But at the same time, our guys have played the best of the best this year. I mean, you know, we went to Baton Rouge and won. Uh, we had to come out the loser's bracket and beat a regional host and go two for two. We basically knocked out a possible at-large team or a team that was talked about being in at-large a month ago and went five for five against them in the past month. You took Southern Miss to the wire uh, at least once or twice, a team that should have hosted. I don't know if there's any team in America that has been challenged as much as we have to prepare for a moment like this. And I'm not saying that to be biased. Even in the Sun Belt, I think we've been challenged enough well, no. to go up against the Texas. The Sun Belt not is wor- exactly not be why scared. we've been challenged. Yeah, and not be scared. And so and Campbell and LSU. and Campbell and absolutely. We, we have played several tournament teams, no doubt. And so if there's any team that can go and play loose and, and and have fun and go out there and just grind, it's our team. And that's and look, that's the one thing about a Matt Degg's baseball team we're never afraid to back down to anyone anytime, anywhere. I mean, that's always been kind of that, that motto of, of, of these type of squads that Mad Deggs produces. And, and, and you're going to see it this week. Our guys, I think, and you can see it in the reaction video in the locker room when they found out where they were going, they're ecstatic that they get to play another week, just like we all are. We're ecstatic. We get to do this for another week. And so, when you have that opportunity to where as of 24 hours ago, you didn't even know if your season was over or not. I was telling you, Nick, I could about imagine what that bus ride back from Montgomery must have been like for some of those seniors, not knowing if it was their last time together as a group. And now you're given a second chance to go out and prove yourself. Let me tell you something, guys, that's dangerous. That is dangerous. And so I really think that these guys are going to go out and they're going to play fast, loose, and smart. And I really think they're going to go out and make some noise. Look, I'm gonna- I, I really, I'm I'm very optimistic. I'm not saying we're going to go out there and dominate the regional, but I will say we're not going to back down. And I really do think we will go and we will compete. I'm going to go a step further
4: and say that there is not a team in this regional. That is, I, I think we beat better teams than are what in this regional. I mean, you got to think we beat Tsab Southern Miss. I think Southern Miss and coastal are better teams than Miami. I'm sorry. Just by, just by a whole body of work so when you consider that what is was coastal ranked ninth in the country or they were ranked seven. pretty high we swept them we wet yeah, them on seven. we swept them on saturday right so and, and then again let's take that even a step further when you go play in an environment like a t-sab or like uh southern miss those were high pressure situations again i told you you're seasoning your team for the postseason now you got a fluno that has experience post uh pitching under those stressful environments, you got a Nezu who's got experience now pitching under stress under high intense environments. That was only that was always a setup for us to get to where we are and not be intimidated. Again, like I said earlier, don't be don't take us for granted by the name on their our chest. Don't be intimidated by the name on on the chest of the people we're playing. Look, I get it. Texas has a great tradition. But the, when we you look at the statistics and their whole body of work, they're still just another team in the NCAA tournament, just like us. But and, Nick, and we've, we've, we've beat better teams than them several times
5: this season. But Nick, we've beaten Texas before, right? And We've eliminated we've them, them from, it's from not, tournaments. It's we've not like it. we've never seen them. It's not like it's this brand new team who we have no idea. You know, I mean, we, we've, I mean, we've seen them. We've seen the Cajuns beat them live a few times. You know, look, man. I, I look, I you
3: walk, you walk in Alex box and you play that monster and you play well and win and dominate. We dominated the game. Nobody talks about that enough. If you're not overcome by that or you're not, you know, not, not scared, but you know, if it's, if the moment's not too big for you in that moment, and I know it's a midweek game, I know it's a little different, but if you're not swayed by that environment, they're not going to be scared of Texas. They're not gonna be scared of Miami. They showed it to us last year against TCU and A&M. They weren't scared of those guys. Let's, let's do this. Let's break down the teams. But since we've already started, t- started talking about Cajun pitching, let's just break down the Cajuns and where we stand right now before we start learning about the teams in the regional. We have a question from Justin Johnson. Thoughts on Blake Marshall being a starting pitcher, pitcher moving forward. I, I don't see how you can't do it. You got to win. I mean, ideally you win three games, ideally. Uh, right? Or do you have, to, you have to win two on the on championship? If you're,
5: how does it work? I, I, I'm, I'm blanking. It's like double elimination. So it's if double you, elimination. If, right. Yeah. So y- it's, you gotta, I mean, I, if you wanna go smooth sailing, you go three for three.
3: Right. So you gotta if win three not, games ideally. So that's, correct. that's the easiest path. And we need three starting pitchers. And right now, it, you know, Charles Duplashant just asked who's gonna start against Texas on Friday. Uh, you have a story if it's
5: not Jackson Nezu. Jackson Nezu. Agreed. It, Nezu, 100%. I mean, by default, you, he's a Friday get Nezu, guy. You play him.
3: And he also has the most rest. So you got Nezu Friday. Uh, hopefully you're in the winner's bracket, and I assume you're going to see Fluno. If it's not Fluno, I'm not, I, I don't even know which way you go. Maybe Christy, but I, I would say that it's going to be Fluno if I, had to, if I had to bet. I mean, dude, what can you say? Nick and I got into this pretty, pretty in-depth. Uh, Blake Marshall, first of all, the performance is legendary. We've said it a million times, but I like the idea that you know, basically what Justin's saying, he's starting to remind him of Bo Bonds there were times where he would throw a ball and it was close or whatever. And he couldn't wait to get the ball back in his hands. Couldn't, couldn't wait. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. He, you could see it in his face. He wanted the ball. He wanted to compete. He had that, that feral dog look in him, you know, you, that goes a long way in a regional situation. So do I make him a starter? I think that you don't have an option. I mean, a guy through 147 pitches, hopefully he's not fatigued. Hopefully everything's okay. And he's healthy. He is coming off of a Tommy John, you know? So, maybe they're they're careful careful with him here at the same time it's late may things have healed it's warm weather i don't think you're going to have any issues there i think i think you have to consider making him a starter if not like a, an emergency long relief guy
4: look i'm just going to say this from a very reliable source no names given probably watching our stream right now when he gets into a rhythm he is unstoppable now If he breaks that rhythm and he doesn't, like you said, he wants the ball back to get the next pitch out. If he's not in that type of situation, then I think he gets into a little bit of trouble. But if he gets into a rhythm, he is in a rocking chair and he's unstoppable. And I think we saw that in the two games over the weekend. So I think, you know, early with Blake, what you have. And, and again, him getting an early rhythm in a game, once he gets it set, we're good to go. So I agree. I think you give him a chance. Um, If you make it game one and game two, you bring him in as your game three starter and see what happens.
5: I don't know. I'm kind of 50 50 on it only because, you know, certain pitchers come out in certain situations and that's when they shine. You know, one thing that Cooper Rawls has done, he's come out of the pen a lot better than he has started, according to what Coach Deggs has said in the past. You know, some players are just better coming out like Fluno, Carson Fluno. I mean, he gave up three or four runs to Southern one night as a reliever. And look at what he did in Hattiesburg against Southern Miss as a starter against one of the best lineups in the country. Sometimes I feel like certain pitchers are meant for certain roles. And I think that Blake has solidified himself as a good, solid middle reliever. Uh, you can tell they tried bring him, bringing him in as a closer, and he wasn't getting it done. Uh, personally, I think he's better as a reliever. I think that his role... He's 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 molded himself into the role of a reliever or a middle reliever. And I think I still think you stick with David Christie as a starter right now, only because, you know, look, it's baseball, right? We're superstitious. You don't want to kind of you don't want to throw a wrench in the rhythm. You know, so I I just I just feel like right now I'm 50 50 on it. Uh, or I'll even say 51 49. I'll say I'm 51 49. Just keep Blake where he's at right now because it's working.
4: Yeah, let's go to Keith. So Keith's talking about his limp. Look, um, I think in the first game he might have gotten hit off the leg at some point, off the shin. And then the second game, I think he kind of started to feel that, you know, when you when you get injured and you're okay to begin and then that pain starts setting in and the next day it's unbearable. I think hopefully and again, I don't have any inside information. I don't know medical history. They wouldn't disclose it to me. Anyway, but but from what I saw, it's probably a, a nasty bruise. Um, I'd be limping, too, if I took it off the shin like he did. So hopefully that's something um, that he can he can work through this week. Um, they'll be home for a couple of days. He can go in the, the cold bath or hot bath. I don't know how you fix that, but um, hopefully he can work through that over the week.
3: And makes the performance all that much more incredible. Um, my thing on Blake is that I'll double down on what I said in, in the reaction pod. When you know somebody's not coming in for your job, and I'm not saying that he's not mentally uh, strong enough to handle it, but I'm saying that you have a different mentality when you know this is your game. This is your game to win, lose, whatever. And I thought I think you saw that performance come out of him when he knew that he could make the mistake or he wasn't on a short leash. I really think that that helped him a lot. And I think that if you show some confidence in him as a starter, he would probably uh, respond well to it. And that's just uh, and, and full disclosure. I know Blake a little bit, so I I. I if he's a starter, I'm confident in that. I'll just say it like that. You mentioned Rawls. You know, let's be honest. Rawls has had some nice moments as a starter. But overall, down the stretch, he hasn't been really effective as a starter. His his role is the long relief. His role is the swing arm, like they've said from the beginning of the season. So I would prefer to see him come in and, and relief if we need him. I'd I like to have that option in the bullpen if I if I can. Uh, anyway, we play Texas. Play Texas uh, one, 1 o'clock Central, 2 o'clock Eastern. On Friday, we're going to learn a little bit. Yeah, shout out to Justin. Also, JT Etheridge. Uh, those last two outings, I don't know what got into that guy. He was a different guy. And Nick and I talked about this in the post-game uh, reaction yesterday, too. JT Etheridge looked like a guy that knew he wasn't on a short leash, and he knew he could just come out there and throw uh, and just be himself. And he also had that look in his eye, like, I'm going to get something done here. So that was fantastic and a great It's a, it's a a great thing going forward. we got to have as many options out of the pen as we can. You know what I mean? Well,
5: to, to credit JT Etheridge, just like I said, a certain role, he solidified himself as a closer. He's done a great job coming in closing games. And I think the other night again, was it against Texas State? He came in and just shut him down uh, against a team that hits the ball pretty well, hits the ball pretty solidly and and can can come back on a dime. And he just went out there and dominated for a few innings and just shut it all down. And so I think he's a prime example, like we talked about with Blake. Maybe Blake wasn't as good as a, uh, as a closer, so you put him in as a middle reliever. Just like with Cooper. Cooper wasn't maybe you know, playing as well as a starter, so you put him in as, as a reliever in certain situations where he can shut you down. I think JT's the same way. Keep him as a closer. He's on fire right now. The game is on the line, and, or if you're up, maybe you'll run, and you, you trust uh, somebody to close it out, give it to JT. He's the guy.
3: Jerry Couch had some nice innings as well. Nick, Texas, uh, let's learn something.
4: Yeah, I'll go ahead first, we'll kick it off. I'll just throw this up on the screen and get a blind reaction from you guys. From the look of it, there's not a huge difference, um, high level overview of of the two teams. I think what stands out to me is, um, you know, they're a little bit better in their batting average. Obviously they hit for a little bit more power. I think we may hit more doubles than they do. But as far as home runs, uh, they have a little bit more power there. Stolen bases, obviously, we're number three in the country. Um, Strikeouts really stand out to me. Um, And that's, that's not strikeouts by pitchers. That's batting. I mean, we have nearly 100 more strikeouts than they do. So they're very disciplined at the plate, which would make sense that they almost have a 300 batting average as a team. But otherwise, you don't see a whole... There's nothing that stands out to me other than that as, as drastically different. What do you guys think?
3: I am surprised to see how many home runs they've hit. I didn't expect that. Uh, team ERA four, seven, three for the Cajuns is probably lower than most people would, would suspect. Um, you know, Texas is known for playing defense and pitching. And right here, you can see they're a very good defensive club. Obviously the Cajuns are having, is this, is this going to be the highest finish, uh, Fielding percentage wise in the history of the program, I think it's up there.
4: I mean, there's no way it could be higher than that. I mean, you think you only have five spots you can move up, so I would say yes.
3: Yeah. So you're gonna see good defense. So what you know, good old fashioned baseball. Uh but no, other than that, you know, it looks like they're a better offensive club than I expected them to be. And the walks are almost identical. Yeah. Crazy. Only thing is is that we hit a few more more batters, well, 30 over the course of the season, essentially.
4: And they're a good feeling team. They don't make a whole lot of errors. But um, going back to hitting, so UL has, we have five guys hitting over 300. Debo is at 370. He's our leading hitter. Julian is slugging for 572. Texas has six guys hitting over 300. They've got 117 doubles on the season. We've got 141 doubles. So I mentioned we we hit a a few more doubles than they do. Um, Five guys in their lineup have double digit home runs. Leading power hitter, Eric Kennedy. Um, he's by far their best hitter. He's got 16 homers on the season and slugging almost 600. So he's a guy we got to be very, very careful with. Friday night guy, 6'1", 193-pound junior lefty, Lucas Gordon, 6-1 and one on the season. He's uh, He's got a 2.5 ERA, 90 strikeouts, um, doesn't give free bases very often. He does have the ability to go deep in the game. I think he had a hundred over a hundred pitches during the win against TCU earlier in the season, Um, seven innings, 95 pitches against West Virginia, but a couple of appearances, he's given up runs early and he's pulled out after four or five innings. So I think you, if he's got the run support early, he's a solid pitcher. He'll, he'll challenge you. But if we're able to get to him early, then I think he gets a little bit rattled and he doesn't pitch as far into the game. Um, as as they would like he and nezu actually have very similar numbers when you look at them side by side major difference is going to be era I mean, everything else is pretty much a mirror image. Um, Jackson has a 6.14 ERA. Gordon is at 2.5. They did sweep number six, West Virginia, in their last conference season of the uh, series of the season, which was very impressive. But then they moved on to drop both games in the Big 12 tournament to Kansas and Kansas State. And I'll throw their schedule up in a second so we can see who else they played this season. I'm hearing their biggest downfall is the bats going cold. Um, They're a good hitting club. We put the numbers up. They hit better than we do. But sometimes they just cannot manufacture runs. Relief pitching has also been a a bit of a struggle for them at times. And they actually lost one of their relievers, David Shaw, over the weekend in the tournament to injury. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, Texas fans generally think that they played themselves out of hosting a regional. I really don't think they were ever in that conversation. I think they got a little excited when they, they swept West Virginia. Um, But um, yeah, those are the high level overview of them. I think for me, the key to the game, how deep can we go with Nezu? And if we can get to Shaw early, then I think we'll be in good shape. Um, So I think, you know, again, you, 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 if you can get their starter out of the game in the first four or five innings, then I think once you start getting into their bullpen, which is their biggest concern, then I think you're going to be in, in decent shape. Any thoughts on that, guys?
3: Yeah, I'm going to add a little bit to that. Texas ended with a 28 RPI. Their strength of schedule was 22 in the country. They were 12 and 11 against the RPI top 50. Here's something very interesting. 0 and 5 in neutral site ball games.
4: Let's let's look. In fact, let's take a look at their schedule. Now that you're mentioning it, let's go back to the beginning of the season. They got actually, um, didn't do so well when zero three in that, in that tournament, um, and and you'll see as we go down, they hosted a whole bunch of games early in the season. They did go to get, go on a little bit of a win streak, three games against A&M, Corpus Christi, and then Indiana, who was in the tournament. So they did win that series against them. They dropped a game to LSU in Austin, um, Cal State Fullerton. I think they're also in the tournament. Uh, they lost two out of three to them. Um, they came back and beat Sam Houston and Mercer. And then they played Manhattan, North Dakota State, UNO, Incarnate Word, um, who actually is a decent program. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to poop on an incarnate word, but they did get a win over them. Um, then they went into conference play with a you know, a sweep over Texas tech, very impressive um, Oklahoma state. They, they won one out of three um, in that series, Kansas state. They won two out of three. Um, they split with Texas state, which I remember watching that on TV, um, ended up losing to them midweek, nine to three, um, then they uh, went on the road to Baylor, won two out of three there. They uh, they lost all three games at Oklahoma. So wow. that was that. That's when you kind of started getting the mm, who is this team, right? Um, so they lost lost all three games there. They did rebound and get two out of three at TCU. They two out of three against Kansas as well. Um, two out of three against San Jose State, and then West Virginia. Very solid three game series win there. But then they go into the conference tournament, as I said earlier, and then drop two games and, and actually didn't really compete in either one of those games uh, against Kansas or Kansas State. So um, I, I think they feel a little bit of frustration with their coach and some of the decisions that he makes. I, I got that early. Some of the decisions from from Pierce. Um, great wins, some head scratching losses. When they lose, they lose badly. And that's that's really something that their fans are frustrated with is they scratch their head at some of these wins after, you know, again, look at look at them going sweep for West Virginia at the end of the season, then turn around and lose two to Kansas and Kansas State. So it there's a lot, there's a lot of similarities between the two programs. You know, we get frustrated with some of the decisions Degs makes, even though they work. And again, we're in their second straight straight regional, but it seems like they have a little bit of frustration on their end where they think that they could have pulled out a couple more wins as we can. So I think this is a good matchup for us. Again, don't look at the brand on their chest. Look at what they've done this season. Look at the statistics. Um, And uh yeah, again, I think the key, I'll say it again, you get to their their starter early and um, and and Nezu gives us gives us some solid innings, maybe six or seven innings. And I think we are in good shape. If we don't do that, then it could be a long night for
3: us. Very interesting that they went one and two against like opponents. Yeah, very interesting for us. Pretty good wrap up, Nick. I don't know how prepared I am. Thank Gary, you. Are you prepared for Miami?
5: Yeah, but Nick I don't think I a can High do standard. It. I can't do it as cool as Nick. So I'm just going to read off of what I put on my notes. Uh, First of all, look, Miami is everything that they're hyped to be. There's a reason why they're the nine seed and possibly there's debate on whether or not they should have been a national seed. Uh, Overall, Miami is 40 and 19 in, in the uh, their overall record. Yeah. 40 and 19, 18 and 12 in the ACC. Uh, I think they finished fourth overall in the ACC, which is the second best conference behind the SEC. Um, they can hit the ball. Uh, one stat that stuck out to me in their lineup, uh, not only do they bat 300 as a team, 112 home runs on the year. So they can match. They Sheesh. can match. Uh, but with that being said, uh, one point that I did want to make is, you know, we have, what, 100, over 140 doubles. They only have 103. Uh, their slugging percentage is, uh, they're, they're slugging 522. Uh, Johandi Morales, batting average of 405, 13 doubles, 16 home runs, 61 RBIs, and a slugging percentage of 680. I don't know if we want to pitch to him if we get to Miami. Uh, maybe we just pitch around him. Also, there's a guy by the name of CJ Kafis, both of which are infielders, batting 351. Um, He has 78 hits, 13 doubles, one triple, 13 home runs, 40 RBIs, slugging percentage of 595. Blake Sear batting 303 with uh, nine doubles, 16 home runs, 60 RBIs, and a slugging percentage of 611. And then you've got Zach Levinson batting 301. 17 doubles 13 home runs 43 rbis and a slugging percentage of 557 now the rest of the guys in the lineup are are batting below 300 but that's not i'm not going to discount the fact that one of them has 13 home runs the other one has 11 uh, 50 rbis 31 rbis and all have slugging percentages except for one over 500 guys this team can hit they can hit. Maybe the air is thin in Miami. Maybe the ball carries out with the layout of the park. Maybe they play in a Cracker Jack stadium. I don't know. But 112 home runs is very impressive. They can hit. Uh, with that being said, the pitching, they average, or their ERA, is 5.12. You look at a guy like Gage Zeal, who has the most starts at 15 starts. He has a 7-4 and four record with a 4.61 ERA. You have Alejandro Rosario, who is most likely another weekend starter, 14 games started. He has a 7.45 ERA. Down the line, you got another guy who has nine starts, 4.25 ERA. You have a guy with eight starts, 6.81 ERA. We can hit the ball on this team. The problem is, is can we counter their bats? That's what that's the vibe I'm getting with this Miami team. They hit the ball well, but can they pitch? Their fielding actually as a whole. They field at a they field their fielding percentage is at a nine seven nine, which I think is lower than the Cajuns, isn't it, Nick?
4: Yeah, it is. We we're yeah, so 11, they have 9, a lower 80. fielding
5: percentage yeah. than the Cajuns. Um, and then also one thing that I noticed was th- if you look at their schedule, uh, for the most part, they've won most of their games they're supposed to win. They started out real strong. But then they lost back-to-back games to North Florida, including another loss to Florida Atlantic. But as conference came along, they won the series against NC State. They swept Virginia Tech, who was on the who was basically a bubble team, got swept by Wake Forest, probably like everybody else. They swept Florida State, who actually missed the postseason. But then they got swept by Virginia, took two out of three against North Carolina, took two out of three against Georgia Tech, took two out of three against Louisville, And then two out of three against Pittsburgh, two out of three against Duke. And then they also ran through the conference tournament, making the final by losing to Clemson. So actually, if you really think about it, they're not, they they are a good team. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They hit the ball well. If you look at some of those scores, a lot of those scores are double digit scores against some good teams. Again, they can hit. The question is, is if we, if we end up facing them, number one, can our pitching can our pitching go toe-to-toe with their bats? And number two, do are our bats good enough to go against pitching with an ERA average of, of, of above five? I mean, it's kind of a similar setup to when we play Coastal Carolina. If we shut their bats down, we have a chance to beat them. The problem is, is when I see a team that has a home field advantage have 112 home runs, it's a little intimidating. So are they beatable? Yes. But is it one of those games where we're going to have to do just about everything right? Absolutely. Um, So this Miami team, again, there's a reason why they're the nine national seed. Again, great hitting, awesome bats, very average pitching, average fielding. But if you want to beat them, you can't let them hit. That's the key to beating the Miami Hurricanes. Well,
3: 979 fielding percentage is no slouch, so they play good defense too. Uh, In the ACC tournament, they beat... Well, first of all, they played Duke for their last series, and we were talking about Duke earlier. They beat Duke two out of three and did it pretty handily. Then they go into the ACC tournament. They beat NC State, Duke, and Wake Forest. We all know that Wake Forest is number one overall seed and a very, very good baseball team. They advanced to the final, and they lost to Clemson 11-5. Their RPI ended up being 12. Their non-conference RPI was 11. Strength of schedule was 29, and against the RPI top 50, they were 19 and 13. So... That's a lot of games against a lot of good teams that, you know, that's a bat, You want to talk about battle tested. That is a battle tested ball club away from Coral Gables. They're nine and 13, but at home they are 28 and five. Yikes.
4: I think, but I think when you're in a situation where you're traveling to play a team that you traditionally don't play, they, I mean, they're going to get scouting reports on us, et cetera, but that's a little bit of an advantage for, for the road team in this case, which we I we consider us to be because they don't know us really well. And look, how much small ball do they see? And I'm not talking to just about, I'm not just talking about bunts because lately we we can't seem to lay down a bunt, but when you consider our chaos on the base paths, you got to think in the ACC, you don't see a whole lot of that. So I think if, if you go against a team like Miami and you're able to, to limit their runs and the big hits and big opportunities, then your chaos on the base paths can make a difference. Not necessarily. It doesn't mean you're going to steal home, but it means that they're going to pay. I mean, we saw it in the course of this, this tournament, we get guys on base and then their entire demeanor on the mound changes because they're they're You can tell that they're not as comfortable pitching to the guy at the plate because they're worried about the guy on first or second. So I think that's going to be for us, the big advantage for this, really this whole tournament, because you don't see a whole lot of that in, in those big 12 or, or, you know, ACC conferences where guys like us can come out and, and swing it, but we can also play a little bit of small ball as well. So I think that that's something that we have to execute. If we do face Miami in this tournament,
3: I do agree that the chaos, it helps us more with unfamiliar uh, foes. I, I agree with that 100%. That's a great point, Nick. If you're not used to seeing it, it can bother you, especially if you're a team that well, they, were, they have a, above five ERA as a team. You know, Maybe they get a little spooked by somebody just absolutely putting pressure nonstop on the base path. So that's a great point. The remaining team is Maine. Uh, Maine is your America East Conference champions. They are... 32-19 on the season. We don't have a single like opponent, which is kind of weird, but I guess that team being where they are, uh, it makes sense that we wouldn't play anybody. They had a final RPI of 131. Their non-conference RPI is 270. Their strength of schedule is 255. You know, that is what it is. Um, they've played one team in the top RPI 50, and they went 0-3 against that team. This is the closest thing we have to a like opponent. They played Winthrop. They lost 2-3 or to Winthrop. Winthrop was a Campbell opponent, and Campbell swept Winthrop. So that's the closest thing we have to a like opponent. It's an opponent opponent. Regardless, they haven't played a lot of good baseball teams. Uh, They did play Penn State. Excuse me. They had Penn State on the schedule, but it got canceled. Uh, And Maryland has got to be the top RPI 50 team. That's got to be who it is. Who, by the way, they got swept by. On Friday, they gave up 25 runs. Then they played a close game on Saturday, 5-4, lost a series, or got swept 9-1 on Sunday. There's not a whole lot to know about uh, main outside of their offense, they do have an all American first baseman by the name of Jeremiah Jenkins. He has 20 plus home runs, he has 75 plus RBI. Uh, he's set multiple records in the America East Conference. So, obviously, that's a guy you want to be weary of or be leery of. Uh, Quinn McDaniel has been one of their toughest players to keep off the base. His on base percentage is 520. Uh, he also has 16 home runs and he's stolen 32 bases. Uh, Jack Reynes, he rounds out their top three. His slash is 317, 444, and 629. 46 RBI to go along with 38 stolen bases. They are going to try to score runs. That's how they're going to try to beat you. Uh, Their team ERA, uh, I'll pull that up in a second, but really, what you need to know about this team is, first of all, they hit 293 as a team, which is better than the Cajuns. Let's see. They had 98 stolen bases, which is behind the Cajuns, but it's five shy of their program record. So, again, they're going to be one of those teams that likes to cause chaos on the base paths. And, to your point, Nick, that can—I don't think that it would bother us per se because that's what we do. But it's going to make for a fun tournament if you got a bunch of guys that are going to go out there and try to score runs, whether it be Miami, whether it be Maine, and they're—they—they they got nothing to lose. They're like us. They're dangerous because they don't have anything to lose. They're just going to go out and play with their hair on fire and have fun. Uh, I don't think that their pitching is anything to to worry about. Obviously, they gave up twenty-five runs to Maryland. Again, you heard the RPI. You—you you saw the schedule. There's not a whole lot that we can compare them as far as competition. So it's really just kind of a shot in the dark, which is actually kind of a a good thing for them. It's, it's an, it's a built-in benefit that they, we don't know. We haven't played them. We don't know anything about them. We really don't know what to expect from them. Hopefully we don't have to play them actually. (laughs) And hopefully we don't. And hopefully we don't. Uh, They are the four seeds, so they could be eliminated before we ever see them. However, I still think that there are that anybody that can score runs in the 20 in 2023 score runs to win games in college baseball. You know, the dead ball is over, you know, after they squash a gorilla ball for a while, there wasn't a whole lot of runs being scored. That's all over balls are flying out of ballparks. I think this year per Kendall Rogers uh, was the most home runs hit since 2000 or 1999. I think the ball's flying out of parks again, whether that be a live ball or what, I don't know what's going on. Changing bats, Runs are being scored again at a high level. Home runs are being hit at a high level. Maine is dangerous because they can swing the bat. And you can toss it up to, look, if, if they haven't seen good pitching, I understand all that. They competed with Maryland in game two. Look, that's a tournament team. They competed well with them on Saturday. It takes one. It takes one game where they can come up and jump and bite you. So don't sleep on the Bears. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a fun regional. I want to win it, obviously. But I think it'll be entertaining from a fan standpoint. I, I really do. I think that there's a bunch of teams in here that's going to play. You know, Miami with their swag and flair, flair for the way that they do things in baseball. They always have kind of had that extra bleep you attitude. Uh, I'm, I'm excited, guys. I, I, I'm happy to be in the postseason. I'm I'm excited to play big, huge national brands like Texas and Miami, and we belong. We belong in baseball, in softball, the diamond sports. We belong on these stages. And I think our kids believe that. I think our coaches believe that, you know, I know maggots going to be there with his typical crew. Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to make it. I know we've kind of made some tentative plans to answer uh, Doug's question of if we were going or not, it's in the works. We're trying to work it out. Miami baby coral Gables. It's it's is what it's all about. Postseason baseball in Miami.
4: Yeah. Um, you know, Louisiana teams have had uh, success in Miami. Think back to the saints back in the day, playing the super bowl there, but I like it. Look, um, Maine reminds me a little bit of Marist, where you don't know really who they are never heard of them never thought about them they show up in a regional and and can be scrappy right i mean we went on and took their head coach and made him our assistant that year in 2000 so um you can't underestimate any opponent that's in a regional tournament again if we if we face them um then then we'll we'll need to mind our p's and q's but uh you know, credit to them for doing what they had to do to get in the regional tournament. It's really hard, like I said, like a Maris team where you're not familiar with their opponents that they played. So you can't really gauge whether or not those wins were were good wins or not. But uh, like you said, Josh, you're scoring 10, 11, 15 runs a game. I mean, I don't care if if that's against, um, uh, you know, a, a D2 team that's still they're scoring runs. Baseball is not football you know you don't uh, you, you don't go over to um alabama and hope for the best this is this is a good baseball team that won their conference tournament and coming in with the attitude that they want to play spoiler so you can never take those teams for granted and um you know again like you said it's it's exciting this is fun uh it's it's fun to be here and i think you know, to wrap things up for for the regional for me I think we're not coming in with a whole lot of expectations on our shoulders. I don't feel like we're coming in under a lot of pressure. I think as a host team, Miami might be a little bit tighter because they're expected to, to win. I think we're hopefully we come out loose. We come out having fun. We come out enjoying the experience and look like you said, Miami historically has had a chip on their shoulder, had an attitude. I mean, hell, when we'd have FIU, uh, there were a couple of times where I thought we'd have bench clearing brawls. And then in football, FIU plays Miami, and they did have a bench clearing brawl. So it's a Miami thing. Those guys, uh, you know, throwing it back to, to FIU, the guys would, the, the their baseball team would go out and drink all night and smoke Cubans and then come in the next day and kick our butts. So it's an attitude <laughs> playing for a team in Miami. Uh, and and so you can't underestimate Miami. You can't underestimate Maine. You got to respect every opponent, including Texas, and um, come out loose, have fun, enjoy the experience, and kick some butt.
5: I think we come in with a swagger as well. Um, I, I like the attitude of our team, too. I feel like our guys have, again, they've been tested hard enough during the year against some quality competition and look, we've won some games and we've lost some close games. Uh, We've been happy as can be, and we've been very disappointed. So this team's, I mean, I don't know how much more this team can be tested through the good and the bad. And so uh, I think this team has something to prove this weekend. I think there's obviously a reason why we were picked as an at large, because I think national pundits see it too. We just have to go out and do it. And um, I know there's some guys in, on, in that locker room who might be wearing a Cajuns uniform for the last time, whether it's this week or the following week, or maybe we may have something even more special in place for us. But I know that these guys are going to give it their all every single pitch, every single swing of a bat, every single ground ball or, or fly ball coming their way. It's It's really, to me, it's about keeping focused, staying focused and not worrying about the little things. Don't let the game get to you. control the game. We talk about the chaos. Be disciplined when you do these things, right don't don't no need to panic. Don't try to get too aggressive at times. Um, just play your brand of baseball that got you here and go out and hopefully we'll be dogpiling on their field come Sunday or Monday. I'm, I just have to interrupt
4: this with the weird look on my face. So going through Twitter, apparently there is a milkshake uh, company that, that
3: yeah, post
4: up. Did you see that post up at, at Miami games? Is this real life? So they were, I, this can be real. I can't imagine how they would come out with milkshakes like this. But um, if it's a joke or not, this is this is funny. So um, apparently they're coming out with specialty milkshakes for the regional. Uh, Texas is going to be a barbecue brisket milkshake, which sounds absolutely disgusting. Louisiana, of course, is going to be a Tabasco milkshake, which sounds fantastic and heavenly. And then uh, Maine butter lobster milkshake. God, I hope that's real. I'd want to try every single one of those next weekend,
3: dude. Yeah. Well, let's do this real quick. What do y'all think about being paired with Stanford? Stanford. Get Stanford. Right. Sorry. Yeah. If
4: you remember uh, yes. their jerseys from the College World Series in two thousand, what do I think? I don't think anything of it. Um, honestly, I just my focus uh, is this regional. If we get through it, then I can worry about who we're facing on the other side of the bracket. But realistically, what are we? in? Is this a number nine?
3: Yeah, nine eight. It's it's a nine eight, it's a nine, eight, so, eight match.
4: Yeah. I mean, you you got to think if you're you're paired up with a number eight, you're a number nine. The the level of competition is not going to be much different between the two the two sides of that bracket. So um, yeah, I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking I'm focused on game by game pitch by pitch, you know, moment by moment. I think that's what our team's going to do. And if we make it out, then we can turn our attention to whatever happens after that. Uh, but let's uh, let's make some noise here and see
5: what, where we go from there. Texas beat Texas. That That's all I'm focused on right now. Get through Texas and then let the rest work out, work out itself.
3: Yeah. And, and just want to educate on everybody. Uh, so coastal Carolina's regional is paired with Virginia so that's interesting. Baton Rouge is paired with Kentucky, which is another. I mean, I think West Virginia is a pretty good two seed, but their three seed is Indiana and their four seed is Ball State. Uh, they, they just give them a cakewalk. It's just so aggravating. Anyway, Clemson is paired with Auburn, which is the Southern Miss, uh, Southern Miss regional we talk, told you guys about. So if Southern Miss can make their way through their regional, they likely play Clemson or Tennessee. Clemson got absolutely hosed with Tennessee as their two seed. So Southern Miss probably likely if they win their regional Clemson or Tennessee God, this is so brutal Campbell, who's a like opponent and somebody I'll be watching because I think their team is a whole lot of fun to watch. They are in the South Carolina regional, one of the best two C's in the country. They're paired with the Gainesville regional. So you know, everybody knows how good Florida is swing it, pitch it, everything. UConn is their two seed in that in that regional, but I think, uh, well, Texas Tech is a really good three seed, actually, in that regional, but I think Florida is head and shoulders above everybody else in that regional. Uh, Wake Forest Regional is paired with Alabama, and of course, Troy is in the Alabama Regional, uh, and we think that they have a real opportunity to win that regional. If they do, they likely play Wake Forest. Maryland's a good two seed, but I think Wake Forest just swings it too well. Uh, I think they're going to win that regional too. So just to kind of put the bow on that, uh, before we get out of here, I want to get your predictions on what's going to happen this weekend at Coral Gables, and I need an MVP. Nick, put you on the spot first. MVP for us? Yes.
4: Okay. Um, predictions in, in Miami. So, um, look, I think, oh, man. I didn't even think past Texas, so you put me on the spot here. I didn't
3: either, but I figured this would be fun.
4: Look, one game at a time, man. I think there is a good chance we get past Texas. I think Miami game one might be tough for us, so I would not be shocked if we go one and one in those first two games. I think we come back and beat um, whoever it is that we need to beat to get back to Miami, and then at that point, look, I know it's a challenge. I'm never going to pick against our guys, so I'll (laughs) – I'm going to, of course, say that we're going to make it out of the regional Um, MVP for us. Julian Brock, I think he's going to be a difference maker for the team. He has been this season. I think he's elite and um, I'll put him against any catcher in the country at this point. Hitting uh, defensively, it doesn't matter. Julian's my guy. Um, One more question I want to throw out on top of both of those questions is rank what you think are. The chances one two three four of of teams getting out of their own regional in the Sun Belt So I think number one is Southern Miss. I think two is coastal. I think we're three and I think Troy is four
3: I like that a lot
5: Jerry. What you think? The hell with it. I'm going with the Cajuns. Why not? We're at, we've gotten this far. Let's just go all in We're gonna win the regional and I think Carson Rocker for it center field His flick of the wrist is gonna get us a bunch of doubles He's gonna break the doubles record get us a bunch of rbis to win I'm gonna give it to Rocco as MVP. Cajuns win. And uh, as far as difficulty or ease of getting out of a regional, I'm gonna go with Nick. I mean, Southern Miss is obviously I think the easiest way out. I mean, you can't. I mean, you basically took the Thunder there. I don't even know why you asked because I you knew both of us would agree with it. Uh, Southern Miss followed by Coastal UL, then Troy. That's that's a gimme.
3: Nice. Uh, I think that the Cajuns are gonna take Miami to the final game, and then we're gonna win. Cajuns win the regional, but we play all the games. We play all the games. We don't lose until Saturday, or no, Sunday. We don't lose until Sunday, but we play two and we beat them in the the final game. That's my prediction. I'm going to go with Jackson Nezu, tournament MVP. I think he's due. Now, if you watch his career arc over the course of the season, he's, you know, okay start, okay start, dominant. Okay start, okay start, dominant. I think we're about time for that dominant start and. They've never seen him. The changeup has gotten a whole lot better. He's evolved as a pitcher. I'm going with Jackson Nezu as the MVP. As far as regionals, I like Southern Miss a whole lot. I think they got hosed. I think they should have uh, I think they should have hosted. I like the Cajuns number two. It's a difficult regional, but I like the way we match up against every team in that regional. And I think beating Texas on Friday is gonna shoot this team into another stratosphere confidence wise. And I think that we have an opportunity to... I think some guys are stepping up on the mound. I, I really think that's happening. Uh, number three, I'm going to go Coastal, and I'm putting them three because I think Duke is really good. And I think Duke has played in a brutal conference. The, the, Sun Belt's a, the Sun Belt's a good conference. The ACC is a really, really, really daunting task. So I like Duke a lot, and I think they might, I think they might get out of that regional. Uh, and also, the other teams in it are very competitive. And then, obviously, Troy at the bottom, but only because... Three seed, it's in Alabama. They're not necessarily playing their best baseball at the time. However, we know how good they are. We know how good they are. We know how good they can be. So I'm going to go with Troy, number four, uh, to get out. But, man, I can't wait. I love postseason baseball. It doesn't get better than this. Um, Shout out to Daniel Poinot, who's got Big Bad John as his MVP. Chase Mancuso has uh, Debo. That's his MVP, I think. I don't know.
5: No, JT. He said JT JT, JT, when Debo got hurt. So
3: uh, I think uh, Daryl Lonklo also agrees with you, Jerry, that um, Carson's going to be his MVP. He's been swinging it well. He's seen the ball well. Uh, His stats weren't eye-popping this past week, but, man, he had some big hits and big moments. And and the doubles machine, man, we we had so many doubles this weekend. It makes you feel good about the offense. Let's hit for some slug. Let's let's run the ball out of the park. We saw a few of those big shots. Uh, I I like where we're at. I like where we're at. We're we're playing with nothing to lose. The guys are excited. You know, all the pressure's on Miami. That's the other thing. All the pressure is on Miami. The Cajuns, we're going in there to win. We're going in there to have fun. Miami's. they have to win this regional. They have to. And they they were bitching about not being a national seed. I mean, you can't go out there and lose to a a three-seeded Louisiana. And Andy Caswell's got uh, Debo as his MVP. Hard not to pick him. He's white hot right now. I mean, how do you, that dude's hitting like 375.
5: It's unbelievable. I, I got to say the, the emotions, the roller coaster of emotions in the last 24 hours has gone from nervousness to sadness. I mean, look, when that game ended yesterday and I saw Southern Miss dogpiling or, you know, jumping up and down, I, I thought the season was over. I, I really did. Jerry was feeling. quitting. Jerry yeah. like, was like, I'm going out. of. We're not talking for a month. Right. I'm just <laughs> like, man, I, I, this is heartbreaking. And if and there you was just still listen a, to me, Jerry, I told you what would happen. <laughs> but you said you said we were going to go two for two in Washington for the softball regional. How'd that go? I mean, Bruh. you know, I mean, come hey, on. We man. all
4: said that. <laughs> I mean, we. I, I shout said out too, to the you know. ladies, by the way. Oh, yeah, I no, it out. didn't and work out. I didn't want out to say but
5: say that we didn't forget it. I got to give a shout out to the girls. Uh, you made us proud, and man, the youth of this team. Who we got a bright future ahead of us, gentlemen. This will be a fun softball team to watch in the next couple of years. But and
4: with class, they did it with class. Absolutely, you cannot say that about some of the. You know opponents we had in the postseason, but they didn't
5: look th- to, to be able to see our name come up in that bracket today, man. I, I just wow. I think everybody in this fan base not only breathed a sigh, uh, breathed a sigh of relief, but was just also ecstatic. Like, oh my gosh, we actually got picked as an edge. Told MR. you, add respect. Listen That's to bad me. Had respect. Yeah. Uh, Ending TSS season in your softball. Board, You're right. You're
3: right. Ending TSAB season in softball, and then getting picked as a, an at large. It's been it's been a lot of fun the last week. We're gonna end the show on a couple of listener comments. Mister Kevin Dore, thanks for requesting. The floor is yours, sir.
1: Hey, how's it going tonight, guys? How we feeling? Feeling good, man. Very good, Kev. How are you, good. buddy? I'm very good. I actually missed most of the cast, uh, so I'm not quite sure what all y'all covered so far. Uh I'm sitting on the balcony right now in Orange Beach, wearing my Cajun stuff, nice and proud. Uh, just a few things I wanted to say, real quick. Try to make it quick. Uh, I'm. I was a little bit surprised. We did get Miami's regional. Every, everyone, every prediction I've seen had us in Baton Rouge. Did you guys see anything other than that?
3: No. Well, we no. are big D1 baseball disciples, and they were convinced that it was Baton Rouge or nothing. So. No. I will say
4: I I didn't necessarily think it would be. I thought there was a a chance that we would get sent to like an Arkansas or Alabama, but I I didn't think it would be outside of those three, those three teams. I thought they were going to try to keep it regional, which obviously they didn't, so.
5: I thought we would have gone to Baton Rouge just by default because we were one of the last teams in. Usually one of the last teams in. They'll either, if you're a four seed or if you're just a low seed, they'll send you halfway across the country. I just thought we were going to go to Baton Rouge, to be honest with you.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I feel like in in a way, it's good that we're not in, but that we're in Miami, being at Miami is a lower seed. But honestly, you know, I was pretty excited to see the predictions of us in Baton Rouge. We know we could beat LSU. The rest of that regional the way it did turn out really isn't isn't all that in my opinion. But, you know, like you said, either way I'm happy we got in. Uh but like you said yesterday, uh watching them dog paw on the field, feeling nervous, I I never felt that. I felt like after the coastal, the second coastal or the third coastal game, no matter what happened on Sunday we were in. I mean, it's so hard to me. I think it would have been so hard for the committee to see those two wins and leave us out, as considering the challenges we were faced with as far as pitching staff-wise. You know, we, we really had nothing left in the tank at that point. We had guys have to step up like Blake Marshall throwing, uh, you know, 170 pitches in a day or however many pitches Oh, well. dude,
3: without Blake Marshall, we're not in the tournament right now. People need to understand that. Blake Marshall single-handedly saved our season. And I'm not just saying that because yeah. I love the kid. He literally did. We had nobody else. And the reason why we lost to Southern Miss is because of fatigue, one. you know, Remember that I know they played two uh, games on Saturday as well. But look, th- those guys, they had a deep bullpen. We had pitchers being used three and four pitches and coming out of the game. We had nobody yeah. left in the back end of that bullpen. And I'm telling you, that is why they beat us. And we still battled. you got to give them credit for that.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I guess like you said, we were just – completely depleted you know on top of all the injuries which is i keep thinking you know, i hate to think this way if we didn't have the injuries we have on that staff imagine how good this team could be with the way that those guys like nezu and Fluno, uh even Christie have and marshall obviously have showed up well Kev, last, think, think you know, about this too you got
3: the best pitcher you had returning on the staff is dylan Toyt. he's gone blake mcgee right. outside of um Nezu was your most highly touted pitcher transfer. He's out. You have Tommy Ray, who's been on this team for three years, got run. You had Sam Hill, who's a Division II national champion, apparently had a bad attitude, got run. You're talking about four or five pitchers right there that could have made a difference at some point during the postseason or during the conference tournament. You're pitching hamstrung as it is. And look at the – if you I think to the point, to the final game – the, the bullpen had given up three total earned runs in something like 27 innings. I mean, if I told you that going into the conference tournament, you said we easily win. Easily. But we, we win it going away. Now, we ran into Southern yeah. Miss, and that's a whole other thing. But what these pitchers were able to do after the season they had, nothing short of a miracle.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. It, yeah. I mean, like you said, we, we, we easily win that. I mean, we could be farther than we were. We would have been in, probably been in a position where we didn't need to win two games against coastal, you know, at the very end of the tournament to get in, just barely sneaking. We would have been way beyond that point. But, um, yeah, real quick, uh, looking at the super regional matchup against Stanford. Well, let's not assume things here. Stanford and A&M. Um, those are your two most probable outcomes there. Um, uh, I'm not. I didn't follow Stanford too much this year. I know last year we played them very early in the round rock, and I believe that was a. I want to say that was a competitive game, was it not?
3: It was. We lost five to two, but we were competitive throughout the game. And I'm gonna just say right now, this Stumford team is better than last year. I mean, they can do everything. So okay. that's gonna be one hell of a of a. If we can get through this regional, Stumford's gonna be a tall task.
1: Tall task. Okay. Well, like y'all said, Texas is first. But uh, uh yeah. Another thing I want to note about the the tournament I was seeing like at all the predictions of Tulane Nichols or, or or really Tulane or Nichols with UL at Baton Rouge's regional and I'm really glad that at least they split up two of those or three of those regionals with Louisiana schools you know it kind of gives the other schools in the state a chance to uh to to possibly move on instead of having them all jumbled up in Baton Rouge and only one makes it out
3: Agree a thousand percent. Um, now, I, like I said, I told the guys I have a little bit of FOMO because Baton Rouge is going to be a zoo. I wish we could be there having fun with them, but at the same time, yeah. your point is valid. It does give everybody else from the state a chance to go out and shine.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I was kind of looking forward to all the obnoxious TSAB fans on my Twitter all week uh, and getting able, being able to you know, dog them out some more when we kick their ass, but it is what it is. Uh, also, looking at at Southern Miss, I really think they have a chance to run the table in that regional. I think they could win three games and get out of there.
3: Hundred yep. percent. I think they're the Agree. best team
1: in the regional. Yep, for sure. Um, one last thing I want to mention. Uh, so me and my wife, we were we we're supposed to come to Orange Beach here. Uh, we were supposed to leave today actually to stay on our little vacation this week. Once the Cajuns, well, once I seen you know the Cajuns had a chance uh saturday night uh i was like you know what we're gonna pack up early i said if these dudes pull this off we're hauling ass to montgomery at six o'clock in the morning we're getting our butts over there and we did we left early we uh we got to montgomery we watched the game uh first time being up there i gotta say that's an awesome ballpark it really is um just the scenery the town's pretty nice uh we we stayed up there overnight, and then today we drove down to Orange Beach. So we uh, we did a little bit of extra this weekend, but the turnout for the Cajuns, man, the, the fans. I know we had a farther trip; we had five five and a half, six hours, depending on what part of Acadian you live in. Southern Miss, about a little less than five hours. They kicked our ass in attendance. They had two three thousand people there. We might have five hundred. if We were lucky. Now, I don't know. You know what? Look, what I'm trying to say is we need to get our asses to Coral Gables this weekend. The ones that can, the ones that can afford it. Plane tickets ain't that expensive. It's summertime. It's Miami. It's a vacation spot. Cajun fans, tell your friends if you got anyone contemplating going or not. Get your asses down there because we have to show out.
3: Yeah, good point. Can't... And you can get, by the way, flying into Fort Lauderdale is a little bit easier uh, per some friends that do it often. You can get a nonstop flight from New Orleans, round trip three fifty direct flight in the Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale, and it's literally like twenty minutes from um, from the campus. So Southwest, if you can yeah
5: on Southwest. That's correct. Southwest, it's so the easiest. Do it. Well, can, I've done it before. Do I'm even
4: it. a little bit bougier because I hate flying coach, so I always upgrade. So I go, but from Houston, direct flight. I mean, it's not expensive even upgrading my seat, so um, strongly considering it. But yeah, no man, I agree with you. Like, if look, Maggard has has done what he said he would do, which was get our athletic department to be competitive on a national scale and digs too. I, look, what else do you do you have to do? Now I know we can talk about marketing, and that's a whole different story for a different day, but. We're winning. We're doing what we said we would do. We're we're getting the results we need. We got to start showing up and supporting these guys. So I agree with you. I yeah. appreciate you saying that. I we need to get out there and support support our dudes because they're wearing our names across their chest and and representing not only Lafayette but Acadiana and Louisiana. And we need to and show Louisiana. them the appreciation.
1: Yeah. That that is it. That is exactly right. You know we're. Athletically, every, so we're winning. We're doing what we're saying we're going to do. We're, I mean, I made a post on Twitter uh, earlier today. Louisiana is only one of seven schools in the country to make the basketball, men's basketball, baseball, softball tournament, and make it to a bowl game this year. I mean, come on. That's you're among you know one Big Twelve school and five SEC schools. And if, you add, if you add you golf to that, you're probably one of
4: well look, if we had 1 yeah. w- 1% of the people who claim that they support all Louisiana schools that we'd actually come out and support the Louisiana schools, we would have a you know, we'd be breaking the door down in Miami. So, um, <laughs> if we could just have some of those fans show up, then I think we'd
2: be in good shape. And
1: it's not even that. I mean, it's it's like it's Acadiana, it's Lafayette, it's not just Lafayette, it's Acadiana, it's Louisiana like you said. We brand ourselves as Louisiana. We need we need more cat not casual fans. Let me say it like this. I know a lot of what, what we talk about here is, you know, if you went to UL, you need a support. Absolutely, a hundred percent. But I did not go to UL. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. You probably didn't. I didn't go to college at all. Okay. Uh, I took a different career route. College I didn't think was for me. I've always been a Cadence fan ever since I was a little boy. For whatever reason, that's always been my team. But in my opinion, we need more people like me. We need guys that See the sport, see the athletics, see the brand, see the culture, and just want to be a part of that and want to support that and want to be part of, you know, the group. You're preaching now.
3: This is preach right uh, now. This is church right now.
1: Hey, whatever it takes, man. Whoever wants to listen. Hey, look, I'm going to
4: say it again, man. It's easy to be a winner. I mean, it's easy to support a team that always wins. And for years and years and years, Team Across the Basin always won because they all always had the, you know, the, the media money and the state support, et cetera, et cetera. Their branding uh, was that they were the state team. Um, so he, we're, we were at a disadvantage for several years, but now I think our results are catching up with us and it's getting a little bit easier if you're just looking for a team that's a winner that you can walk to the games or take a quick drive five miles to the games. I think we're there. And hopefully that, that translates into more fans.
3: Well, Kev, we really appreciate you taking some time on vacation to listen in and join the pod. It's people like you that keep us rolling. So thanks again. Thanks for going and showing up in Montgomery. We needed every single one of those people. So good on you. And uh, we'll, we'll talk soon, man. Keep doing your Twitter thing. You're doing a great job, by the way.
1: No, I appreciate that. Like I said, I'll be wearing my Cajun gear all, all week over here in Orange Beach, uh, representing.
2: All right, man. Take care. All right. Thank you. You too. Just a couple things before we finish up here. Um, when Nichols was announced as the first Louisiana school, I think it was, what, Lake Forest, um, I had a weird feeling that we were definitely in now. I definitely did not expect uh, to be in Miami. I definitely thought we would be in Baton Rouge, but I guess the baseball committee was smart and decided to uh, break up the Louisiana schools and do something that the softball committee obviously wouldn't do. But for those fans that can't make it to Miami, I know that adopted dog will be showing the games, um, especially Friday, because I know many places can't. Uh, or because because it's on Longhorn, right? Yeah, because most places don't have Longhorn Network, but I know that Adopted Dog will, and they just added a uh, deck type thing to where they can seat more. Um, So you need a place to go watch the game. That's the perfect spot to go watch that.
3: Beautiful. They do a great job, and uh, it's a fun atmosphere. So yeah can confirm great time if you can't make it to miami go to adopt a dog great great people great great supporters of uh of ul athletics too i mean what more can you say about ryan and tracy they're awesome well Link, we appreciate you joining everybody else we appreciate you joining as well a lot a lot of content lately i know it's postseason time so plenty to talk about boys any parting shots before we hit the road
4: houston people if you want to watch the game with me hit me up um Maybe if we get enough people together, we can go watch it somewhere. But I got a whole media room and um, lots of food in my fridge, and I, hey, I've mastered the the art of of smoking brisket, so. We get enough people over and we can do that thing. I know, Josh, you got to taste test a little bit of that, right?
3: Can confirm Nick does some <laughs> mean in-house tacos.
5: Yeah, and to those who can travel, if you want to go to Miami, by all means go. We need to see Coral Gables covered in vermilion and white. For those who can't make it, turn on your TVs, go to places like Adopted Dog Brewery grill at your house but make sure you have the TV on and root loud for the Cajuns it's going to be a fun weekend and we have another week of, of raging Cajun athletics the season is not over yet and we got a lot to prove on the on the diamond so let's go out there and uh, streak out the water hose for another week
3: postseason baseball nothing like it all right folks if you like what we do here please rate review subscribe to the region review podcast all of that helps us a whole lot thank you for joining yet again two nights in a row can't say how much we appreciate it we'll be back as soon as possible maybe we'll do a post game on friday we don't know yet we'll figure it out Uh, but until then again thanks for your support and go cajuns